welcome to Hunting Pixels, the official video game podcast of Culture Bop. We've got a great episode for you today. Today is the first of three, count them, three end of the year episodes. That's right. We've got a ton of end of the year content coming for you in the coming weeks. So let's not beat around the bush. I'm your hostess with the mostest. (laughs) The one and only... Or, oh, no, no. The one and absolute only Bebop man, Josh McMullen. And I am joined by the entire gang of co-hosts, Austin, so many awards, Stevens, and Dylan, so little time, Martin. Uh, how are you stupid fucks doing? I you know. You said you are the hostess with the mostest, and hostess is a female title. I just needed uh, you to know that. I, I didn't I didn't misspeak. What are you, a little daddy <laughs> cake? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you motherfuckers. Uh, do you just like rub your nipples when you do that intro for yourself? Because that's, yes. ima- that's what I imagine in my head. Currently, currently rubbing my nipples right now. And nice. actually, I made right. a point to actually scream this week because you're a little bitch every time. Who, me? Wait, what? Yeah, you. Every time Fuck you're like, you. oh, you did it louder this time than you did last <laughs> week. That's what you say. You sound like an old fucking grandma. Ow, my ears hurt. I don't think I sound like that. Well, I think you do. So uh, that's, that's what her counts. Point. I quit. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, you know what? I don't need this kind of negativity. Yeah, he's going to go play Gundam. Fuck this. <laughs> Joke's on you. I'm doing it right now, bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Christ. All right. Well, um, Dylan, it's been a while. It's been it's been a while since you've been with us. Um, I know that uh, it's due to some scheduling conflicts that we just have not been able to work around. But now that you're back, I want you to go ahead and start us out with what you have been playing. Sir. Motherfucking Destiny 2. Uh, can't be understated enough how much I slept on this game. And I understand it got a rough start uh, when it came out. It wasn't it wasn't so hot. I did play the original Destiny and I loved it. Loved it greatly. I uh, loved doing all the raids and just feeling like it was just a unique experience. I, I hadn't experienced something like that in a I feel like a first person shooter ever before. Uh, Bungie really knocked it out of the park going from Halo and then transcending Destiny, and then Destiny Two came out and it fell flat on its face. Um, but you know, here we are, and then Beyond Light, the newest expansion, just uh, got released for it. And this, I was listening to a podcast, and uh, one of the girls on there said that if you haven't played Destiny Two, now is the time. It's completely, except for the expansions, free to play. So I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll give it a shot. So I downloaded it, and then that's literally all I did for like a week. Um, it's super fun, and it, it kind of starts you off in the exact same scenario as Destiny 1 did. It gives you that same opening mission. Um, and then it just kind of launches you into this vast array of, here's what you can do if you buy the DLC, <laughs> which kind of yeah. sucks. Yeah. Um, but... I do have a buddy right now playing it and he said it's the most fun he's had on a game in a very long time. So as soon as I can get this other game that I'm finished or other game that I'm playing finished, I'm probably going to hop back over to Destiny DLC 
and explore more on that. But it's a lot of fun, man. Like I haven't had that much fun in a long time. Like I've been bouncing back and forth between a lot of games. But uh, Destiny 2 is the first one in a long while to actually hook me in and keep me on the one game for like a week straight. So that's that's a that's a feat in itself. Okay. That's pretty cool. Dude, uh, Destiny 2, I think, is uh, of all the games as a service sort of thing. I think that uh, Destiny 2 is probably the best one. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, it's the only one that's really retained its player base. Yeah, I I feel bad saying that because I actually think that the Division and the Division 2 are better games um, in terms of overall design, but I think um, I think that Destiny 2 has the most staying power, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think you're right. Um, especially, like, making it free to play was probably one of the best options that they could have done um, because now, like, yeah, it, I, yeah, it just entices you to explore further into the game like i i got it and i did a lot of the base missions of what you were available to do and then from there i was just doing strikes and if you remember strikes from the first destiny i mean it's like it's kind of like a mini dungeon type of thing and Mm -hmm. you do have like an inbosh you're going to and you're just trying to loot and level up and that's all i did for the better part of that week and it it was so much fun i was just bumping some music shooting some aliens and having a blast i'm ready to jump into the beyond light dlc in preparation uh for next year's new dlc because they're just going to continue to support destiny 2 which is fantastic uh beyond light's kind of like their from what i read it's like their destiny 3 but they kind of threw it into this expansion and they're just going to keep continuing the world through destiny 2 okay mm-hmm. that's fucking cool yeah, I, I might have to wanting back to get into back it. into it, but I I just just have it. I, was, I have too much stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, between between real uh, quote unquote real work, this thing, and all the games that I'm playing for this thing, like I just I don't have time to drop into Destiny Two, which is unfortunate because it is a very good game. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Speaking of which, uh, I've been playing a very good game. I've been playing Spider-Man Miles Morales. Or, sorry, uh, excuse me, I misspoke. Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not the one from DC? Uh, yeah, not not the one from DC. Oh, That's shit, okay. Title. How um, are you liking it? You're so, shit on it, I feel like. <laughs> I'm not going to shit on it, uh, but I... I don't know if I have had enough time away from Spider-Man 2018 mm-hmm. to really, I guess, um, I, I don't know if I've had enough time away from that game for me to realize that that game is not as good in hindsight or what the deal is. Uh, but I feel like I'm having... Um, I feel like I'm not liking this game as much as I like the first one, which is strange because I think, crazy it's doing, to me. I think it's doing some things better than the first one for sure. Like I think the, uh, the use of uh, miles particular powers versus mm-hmm. the gadgets of Peter's, I think is a much better fit for the game than, than the gadgets were like, I 
I never used any of the gadgets at all. In- I didn't either. Unless it was a required challenge, I'd never touch them. Yeah, exactly. And and Peter didn't have a whole lot in terms of quote unquote powers to use, but like Miles does. His his skill trees are very different from mm-hmm. Peter's. And I I like those. Uh and I I think that there is m- when it comes to like stuff like the collectibles, uh, I, they serve like a narrative purpose, so mm-hmm. to speak, in this game that the first one's collectibles didn't. Yeah, like there, there are definitely things going on in Miles Morales that I think are better than Spider-Man One, but for some reason, I have this like I, I'm just it, it's not hooking me the way that 2018 did. I feel that. And I, I don't know what it is. Uh, I'm I'm 100 for sure going to keep playing it. Um, I'm the in game uh, like counter says that I'm at like 34 or 35 percent. Oh, sorry about um, that. But yeah, it's just there's something off. I, mm-hmm. I can't I can't quite place what it is. I understand that. I uh, get that totally. If if I end up like not liking this game, uh, but I think like all the things that it does are better than the first game, I think that probably what it is is I have a super super hardcore attachment to Peter Parker, and I don't really have that with Miles. Mm-hmm. I, I think like if if I had to try to put my finger on it, I think that might be what it is. Yeah. Uh, but but we'll see. I mean. I've still got, you know, 70% of the game to go. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I I ended up liking it a lot better than the first one, even though it was so much shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you where I feel like I connect more, I, or so to speak. I feel like I connect more. Or I'm more invested in Peter, but... And I think that's solely just because, and I feel like this is the same thing for a lot of fans. Like, like when we when we were kids and we thought of Spider Man, we thought of Peter Parker. Like we didn't think yeah, of Miles exactly. Morales, exactly, because Miles Morales wasn't created until twenty twelve or twenty thirteen. Yeah, um, it, at that point, like I was out of comic books. You know what I mean? So like, oh, I wasn't, but uh, well, I, I yeah, um, but I to me the story of Miles Morales was much more um it it had more heart to it i feel like than the first one did yeah that is that is again that's another like i think so far everything that i'm like doing in miles morales i think is it's being done better than the first one but mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah i don't know i, don't I see know. what you're saying though yeah for sure I, i'm i'm doing my second playthrough of it right now okay yeah the new game plus Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know what it adds, but I, I I don't think it even does anything different, honestly. I think you just load in with all your suits and all your upgrades that you've already purchased. It's not more difficult or anything like that? I'm not I, finding it to be. I think it's easier, honestly. Yeah, because oh, you have all your God. shit already. Yeah, yeah, you have all you have almost everything completely unlocked at the beginning of the game mm-hmm. for Miles's powers. And and Miles's powers are, I feel like, incredibly more uh, powerful than Peter's. Even when you play New Game Plus, you have those powers unlocked from the get go. Yeah, 
So now, just I will like say it. this: for some reason, I haven't been able to hit the uh, the little um, the little training challenges. Yeah, uh, and get three the the three stars or whatever on it the same way I was in the first one. Uh, mm-hmm. So in that way, it has been harder. But um, I mean, that's only happened on like two of the probably like six or seven challenges that I've done. So I think the only ones that I really found difficult to get all three stars on were the um, the uh, the predator ones, like the stealth ones. Mm, Yeah, I think that was it. Those are fucking hard. And I'll stand by that shit. (laughs) Those are fucking hard. They're harder than they have any right being. But the rest of them, like the combat was super easy. And then the web slinging ones were dumb fucking easy. Yeah, the web slinging ones are fucking stupid easy. But they, I, the only reason I'm honestly even playing New Game Plus was because they unlocked the final three, they locked the final three skills of his skill tree. And then one of the suits and then the final levels of all the gadget upgrades, they locked those behind New Game Plus. Yeah, yeah. So if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't have even bothered playing it. Yeah, that's uh, and, and in order to get the platinum, obviously you have to do the new game plus. Mm-hmm. That is something that is a little uh, annoying for me as someone who likes the trophies. Like I don't want to like I liked going through Spider Man twenty eighteen, getting the platinum and just having it all in one playthrough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it is what it is. The game's short; it gives me replay value. You know, it is what it is. Uh, Austin, how about you tell us about whatever more Gundam is? <laughs> it's just been the same thing as it was last time, man. That SD Gundam Monday. How many days is that? It's five days after we recorded. And I'm still on the Gundam Wing story because it's a long fucking game. And I've got three other stories to go through. Oh my gosh. Um, no, it's really cool. I I fucking love this game, dude. It, this is like the love letter to the franchise that I, I didn't know I wanted until I received it. Um, it's super expensive. I I bought it on Steam uh, while it was on sale for Black Friday, and then I bought it again digitally on the Switch, and that costed me the equivalent of a hundred dollars. So that's crazy. And that's just because Gundam is just extremely expensive. It's just because of the licensing. Like I was telling Dylan earlier before you hopped in at Best Buy, the last time I haven't even seen them there in fucking years. But the last time I saw a Gundam DVD at Best Buy, it was the first half of season one of Iron Blooded Orphans on Blu-ray. And just for the first half of one season, it was $60 to buy on DVD. So to complete the set, it would be $240 just to get one series on DVD. And I that's fucking ridiculous, but it's just how it is because Bandai handles their licensing like fucking garbage. I don't understand it, but it's cool. If you're a Gundam fan, it's cool. Or if you're just a real-time strategy guy like uh, I am, I enjoy uh, RTS RPGs. So I haven't been able to put it fucking down really to play anything else. Except for Cyberpunk and Ghost of Tsushima. Those have been the only things that have gotten me to put it down. So maybe I'll finish it in like three months. But we'll see. <laughs> three months. It's it's cool. Like so you you play through all the stories of um Gundam Wing, Gundam Seed, Gundam Double O, and Iron Blooded Orphans. 
And as you unlock mobile suits and unlock characters, uh, in every mission, you can bring a, a guest squad. You can bring your own made-up squad of mobile suits that span from either of these four franchises. And you can bring your own characters to pilot them that span through any of these four franchises. And it's kind of obnoxious that permadeath is a thing that you can't turn off. Um, but it's cool seeing characters from shows that like you really like or connected with that never got in a mobile suit, but you can put them in a mobile suit and make them give up their life. And I think that's really interesting. And that's part of the draw for it for me is the whole permadeath and strategy aspect of it. Yeah. So yeah, that's one of my thing, favorite things about, uh, actually a game we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, Iron oh yes. Um, I like the idea of like having characters die permanently and you can't get them back. I turned that off in three houses. Oh, really? So, yeah, I wasn't trying to fuck around with that. No, I, I keep it on, and then I just uh, I just restart battles if they die. <laughs> really? Oh, Even shit. If you're, like, at the end of the fucking fight? Yeah. Yep, I'm, mm. like, like, I'm not doing that. Well, Fire Emblem, well, Three Houses, too, also has the, um, the, the turn-back turn feature. Yeah. yeah. And that's really fucking cool. And this Gundam game doesn't have anything like that. Mm. So... That's it. They're if they're dead, they're just fucking dead. That's it. Yeah, can't get them back. You can get characters back, like characters don't die, but the mobile suits themselves are lost. You have to rebuild the mobile suits, mm. and they're not cheap. They're super expensive for no reason. Yeah, just like everything else in the Gundam universe, right? <sighs> Unfortunately, yeah, it sucks. But that's kind of the hey, way it is. I learned a fact tonight about Gundam because of you. Everything's expensive. It is, except for model kits, which is fucking weird, but that's that's the only affordable market, media market for Gundam is the model kits. But that's also probably conveniently where they make 90% of their money. Because I, yeah, I, 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 affordable. I remember reading, um, I remember reading like a, a thing a couple months ago about like how Gundam got its, its fame, I guess, in Japan. Like, how did it go from the point of a TV show airing in 79 to having a life-size statue that can now walk in the center of Tokyo? Like, how the fuck did it get to that point? Model kits. Apparently, halfway through the very first Gundam's run, it was actually going to be canceled. But uh, responding to the news of it being canceled, people went in masses in mass and bought fucking model kits. And that's what saved the franchise. And I think that's really fucking interesting that toys saved a franchise. And now that franchise is going on 45 years. Yeah, that is kind of crazy. So. Um, cool. Well, speaking of franchises being saved, uh, I've been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. How you oh, like? wow. What a transition. Yeah, I know, right? So uh, I'm going to be... 100% honest with you guys, I am not very far in the game at all because I know that it is 70 plus hours long. Yeah. So I'm nowhere near the, uh, the, the, uh, I guess the girth of the game. That's probably a bad way to phrase it, but yeah, not the way I would have chose. Yeah. <laughs> but you so, do you. Uh, I have not played an Assassin's Creed since Assassin's Creed 3. Holy uh, shit. Really? At least not like extensively. I think I put a little bit of time, like maybe an hour or two into Assassin's Creed 4. Hmm. But I haven't played one like extensively since 3. That's wild. 
Yeah. Uh, and everyone's, I, I mean, I've, we've, I've said this before on the podcast. Everyone keeps telling me, oh, they've gotten good again. They've gotten good again. And I just, I'd never gone back. But um, I wanted to give this one a shot because I wanted to see what it was like on, on the Series X. Um, and because I, I wanted to jump into these open world RPG type of Assassin's Creed's. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that I noticed is this world is fucking huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a- fucking after, nasty, Yeah. So after the uh the first little like bit where um th- this isn't really spoilers because it happens in the first like fucking 15 minutes of the game. After your parents die and you kind of like fast forward to uh where your your character is grown up. Uh it just kind of throws you into like this this little island, and I was like, "Oh, this is fucking big. This like this is going to be a big world to explore." And it's just a tiny little island. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fuck. <laughs> like, uh, I I have a feeling that this is going to be another Witcher sort of situation for me, where there's just going to be way too much stuff going on. Well, let me tell. Okay, so listening to some of the podcasts that I listen to, specifically "What's Good Games" with that little, uh, we talked about them before, Josh. Um, specifically, there's a uh, I forget which one of the hosts of that podcast hates it, but they're like also like you. When the, if the world is just too big and too open, and there's just too much to do, it puts them off too. And I really thought you and Dion were just the only two I've ever heard of (laughs) that were like that, but it's not. So, I mean, I understand. And then of all games, you jumped into fucking Valhalla, which is goddamn massive. Yeah. It's the biggest fucking one. (laughs) Yeah. It's fucking gigantic. And then like you said, so you have, you made it out of, uh, where are you at? Uh, I have made it, back to the settlement and I've done like a couple of missions there. I haven't made it to England yet. You've (laughs) (laughs) because there's just, there's so much to do. Like you got to right. Um, so the one thing, like I, I can't give like really in depth, uh, analysis on it. You know, I, I can't really give you like full impressions or anything, but like, what I'll say is this. So far, the story is pretty decent. I think it's very kind of boilerplate. Like, it is just, it's there, but it's not completely off-putting, if yeah. that makes sense. So, like, I'm interested enough to keep going with it, but it's not something that's, like, grabbing me in, in the same way that, say, Miles Morales is doing right now, or the way that, like... Hades did, or Ghost of Tsushima did, or even, I hate to fucking say it, even The Last of Us Part 2 did. Um, How dare but, you. But but it's it's there, and I'm intrigued enough to continue going with it. I genuinely am really liking the combat. Uh, I thought it was weird that it was mapped to the, the right bumper and the right trigger at first, but I've gotten used to it, and it feels a lot uh, more natural that way, almost, which is kind of weird. Um, I'm I'm really dicking the combat, and I like the systems that they've implemented with the raids, where you kind of like go into villages, you kill everybody, and you take the gold. I really like that system a lot. 
Um, I think that's one of the best parts of it. When 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 you're playing with the combat, like, do you take advantage of the parry system? Yes, yes. I've that's so much fun, isn't it? It really is, man. Like, I I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima uh, on and off to try to t- try to finish that up, like the the story part of it. Uh, and I've been playing also the Legends, which is the multiplayer part. And between that and like Valhalla. I am like really, really, really digging the parrying system in both games a lot. Mm -hmm. And then the combat only gets more fun as you go because you can branch out in your skill chains like you've, of course, seen. But then it just unlocks some amazing abilities like you can dual wield two handed weapons at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's so much fun. Um. So is this something that you will continue to play over the coming weeks, you think? Yes, yes. I want to get at least far enough. I, I Like, I want to at least put another... I think I'm, like, maybe three or four hours in. I want to play probably another ten or so hours before we get to our Game of the Year episode proper so that then I can have full enough impressions to whether or not, like, I want to... A, continue playing it here for for just me playing it, but also to see like where it will land on the list for me. Okay. There was something I really wanted to talk to you about, but it, you've not made it there yet. So we'll save it for a later episode, I guess. But there's... So there's England that you can go to, and then there's something else. And I really want to know your opinions on that. So we'll get there. Interesting. Eventually, okay. yes. I think I know what the something else you're talking about is. You do. Don't spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason, <laughs> fuck, you okay? Um, the oh. only reason I know anything about uh, Valhalla, uh, I have personally only played probably the first forty-five minutes to an hour of it, mm. um, just because I didn't really care for it. Um, it's not Valhalla's fault. I think Valhalla is the best Assassin's Creed game that's come out since Unity. Um, so it's not that fault. It's just the series as a whole. I'm kind of burnt out on, but, um, my buddy David has, I think right now he's got like an, uh, 150 hours into it and he's not even done with the fucking game yet. Ah, damn. So, cause he's just been doing a literally every side mission that like you can possibly fucking do. And there's um, a lot of them. And he's been telling me about all of it and it, it, it sounds cool. And I, really want to get back into it and kind of finish it but unfortunately i sold my xbox so i'm not going to be doing that so maybe one day so you get your series x yeah whatever the fuck that's gonna be i can't even get a ps5 so i don't know when the fuck i'm gonna get a series x is yeah all right well the last game that we need to be talking about before we get into our categories is the both of you have been playing cyberpunk 2077 Mm-hmm. Dylan, uh, you, you want to go ahead and go first? Yes. It's a really good game. <laughs> but it is very flawed in its initial release. Um, a lot of people will remember back to The Witcher 3's launch, and it was it was a mess, too. Um, I don't think it's nearly as bad as what we're getting with Cyberpunk. Um, so in the game... When the review embargo was lifted, uh, a reviewer from Giant Bomb, Jeff Gerstmann, said that essentially, just you know, paraphrasing, the game should have been delayed 
one more time. It's undercooked. Um, and I agree with that. It's, I love what I'm playing now. I think that it's, I wouldn't say that it's good enough to have been released because when I think of cyberpunk, I think of, or sorry, when I think of CD project red, I think of a developer that truly cares about their game. Um, and I feel like this one was rushed, but it's playable enough to the point where I'm having a ton of fun with it. I've like what two, how many days are we like four days into the release or so? And I'm, over 30 hours into the game. Um, I'm trying not to just tunnel vision through the story, but mm. what I have played, I have loved just exceptionally. There are some problems and I'll talk about the problem because I feel like that's the biggest issue right now. Um, and I'll talk about it from the PC perspective because Austin's been playing it from the PlayStation four perspective and that's a whole nother ball game. Yeah, but, it is. yeah it's oh, not good. It is. Um, my issues right now come from optimization it's not running as well as it could um i'm running the game at over 60 frames it's beautiful and i'm running on max settings all the way across the board ray tracing is on um but the issue is that for some reason and this is only happening with a few people my my cpu usage is like above 80 percent and I have another friend who's running the game and his usage is around 20 to 30%. So I don't know what's happening here. Um, I've tried, yeah, I've tried many different things and it's just not going down. Um, yeah, you're GP- running an IMB one or I, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> what the fuck is the name? IBM. Intel. Okay. Intel. Yeah. Yes. I'm running Intel. I'm running actually one of the top tier Intel uh, processors. I'm running a 10850, and it's there's it's never struggled with any other game before. Um, so one of my biggest issues is I would have loved to have streamed this game for people, um, but as soon as I bring up OBS, it's not OBS that struggles. It's my game. My game starts to fumble for some reason, and I don't know why. It's like my frame rate goes from you know above 60 frames to a 0.7 and a half i don't know what's happening there but it's mm. not good yeah the, the option and they're working on it they've already put a patch out they've put two patches out so they had the day one patch and then they had another patch come out and that has fixed a lot the game does run a little bit better i feel like um but it's still not taking away a lot of the huge issues we're seeing so optimization is the biggest problem right now. And then um, I was talking about this with Josh a few minutes ago. The AI is abysmal, um, specifically when it comes to the police. So I I was in a situation where I had to go through essentially with these. It's a scavengers uh, like building. So they they're abducting these people and they're taking them into this building and they're essentially killing them and ripping them up for parts and organs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, And I'm trying to go through it for like just a side mission, a gig as they're called. And um, I'm doing it and I'm going through the basement and it's a fucked up scene. This game's full of a lot of fucked up shit, but it's great. Yeah, it really fucking is. Yeah. And so I'm going through it and then I kill everyone stealthily. And then I go up to the top and this doctor sitting in there and he's like, Oh, don't hurt me. I didn't know what they were doing. And he's stuttering through his words. He was like, just here, I'm a, I'm a ripper doc and ripper docs are the ones that give you your cybernetic modifications or whatever. 
He was like, if you let me live, I'll give you a discount. And I was like, dude, I don't fucking believe that you had no idea what was going on 10 feet below you. It's like, I called him on his bullshit and he was like, okay, well, let me show you something. So I was like, okay, so this is where this is going to go. And he runs right into the fucking street. So I chase after him and I kill him right there in the street and the police don't like So police are called on me. So I was like, okay, in my head, I'm thinking, let me go back into the building where I just was into the, just the fucking murder house down below. So I run into the murder house and the cops are there with their fucking robots shooting at me. Like, what the fuck was that? Like, where did you guys come from? (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. And then like cops are spawning on top of buildings. Like if you literally punch someone off a building, you turn around, the cops are there. Like, this is what, what, what is this? How to catch a predator? Like you've been watching me the whole time. Like you said, how to catch a predator. Right. It's, it's bad. The AI is bad right now. The driving AI is bad. Um, but the game does a lot, right? So I'll talk about that in a minute. Like I want to hear Austin from your perspective on the PlayStation, what's been going on. So God damn it. Um, I played it launch night, uh, after the game awards went off. Well, I'm not going to lie. I didn't finish the last hour of the game awards, but um, I plan to watch the recap of it and I haven't done that yet. So I'm a lazy piece of shit. Um, so I played it on launch night and it was almost fucking unplayable. Like it was bad. The tech, good. I walked into I remember I walked into a room. First of all, during character creation, it took a solid 10 minutes for all of the texture to load up properly. <laughs> and then I, I, I created my character, gave him the biggest fucking wang that I could and I walked into a room and nothing in the room had fucking texture at all. It was just a cube. It was just a cube and like a bunch of other smaller cubes. And then like the people were just cubes stacked on top of each other to make a person, but still cubes. And I was like, what the fuck? And I, I got into a car with a, with a homie named Padre or Pedro. I think it was Pedro. Is it, it Pedro? Padre. Padre. Okay. I don't know. Whatever. We're driving down. Uh, we get stopped by some jackass. Homeboy walks up to the window. I roll down the window. He pokes his dumbass little head through, and it's literally just a like it's it's just white. It's just like skin. <laughs> there's no facial features. There's no eyes. There's no mouth. There's no nothing. It's just skin tone. And I was like, okay, I don't know what's happening here, but I don't like it. So I stopped for the night, went to bed, came home Friday, and I noticed there was an update. Uh, there was like a day, there was like a day one patch or whatever. Um, it was like 17 gigs. So I downloaded it and I was like, fuck, I really don't want to play this game anymore. Cause it looks really fucking bad. And I started playing it after the patch and I was like, okay, I'm not having the, as bad of a time as I was yesterday. Like I'm still, and th- what was the, what was the shit that I turned off? Um, I took a picture of it cause somebody mentioned it on Reddit and they were like, Hey, if you're playing on a base PS4 or a base Xbox One, go in and turn these settings off because it'll make your experience a little bit better. And it was turn off depth of field, motion blur, chromatic aberration, lens flare, and film grain. So yeah, I turned I turn this off too. That just really changes how your game looks as well. Like it makes it look it, so much better. Yeah. Like as soon as I turned that shit off, it, it was like the game just kind of popped to life. And I was like, okay, this is fucking doable. I'm, I'm still having some texture issues. Um, I think every now and then there'll be like one person in a room that just like doesn't load up properly, but within not even five seconds, you'll see them kind of pop into place. Um, other than that, I'm having pretty consistent frame rates. 
Um, I haven't had the game crash on me. Apparently, that's a big problem for base PS4 and base Xbox One players is the game is just constantly crashing. Uh-oh. I, dude, I played for a solid... How long did I play last night? I probably played for two hours last night, and I didn't I didn't have a single crash, single frame rate drop. Everything was pretty good. My, my PS4 sounded like a fucking jet engine. Yeah. But, I mean, it was fine. It wasn't terrible. I'm not... I think that people, to an extent, to to an extent, this this was still a shitty launch. But I also kind of feel like it's being blowed out of proportion, almost similarly to the unnecessary shitstorm that The Last of Us Part Two got. But The Last of Us Part Two didn't get a shitstorm for being bad. It just got a shitstorm for people not liking what happened as far as the story goes. Mm-hmm. Um. But Cyberpunk had a rough launch, but I definitely don't think it's the worst game like this that we've ever seen. You know what I mean? I do. And it does a lot right. I think that the story is one of them. And I'm not going to say much because Austin's not even made it out of the prologue yet, which is like six. It's a long ass prologue before. Yeah, it's like six or seven hours from what I've heard. Yeah. So but once once the story gets rolling, it has truly gripped me. And it's just, it's got me. Um, mm-hmm. It's fantastic. And especially how, I mean, you're just kind of rolling with the punches. I think V is a phenomenal character, whichever way you go. Um, the story is so great. Um, and it just gets better the more you go. Yeah. I I actually think I'm going to start my playthrough over. I'm not going to lie. Really? Yeah, I think I'm going to start it over and do Corpro. I hear Corpo's good, like... Um, apparently there's a Witcher Easter egg if you do that, but I don't know. Yeah. But it's, the game is very alive as well. Um, Mm -hmm. there's, there's side quests you can do if you go to, so there's like gigs that you will be called about, but then if you actually open up your map, you can see like exclamation points and you can go to those and you can explore them. And it will open up like actual side quests for you to do. And I've not seen a lot of memorable ones. Like I have been a little disappointed because I keep comparing this to the Witcher three and just substance that I felt like I was getting from those side quests was just, Mm -hmm. I mean, absolutely remarkable. And then in cyberpunk, I'm getting, I would say about a quarter of the substance from these side missions. Like there's a lot of them. But I haven't had one, first off, like the Bloody Bear. And I mean, that's what I was looking for this whole time was one Bloody Bear. And so that's not come close. But Josh, one that you referenced was like trying to cure the werewolf. Mm-hmm. Um, like that one, I was looking for anything like that. And again, I've not seen anything even close to that. So mm-hmm. there has been a couple of side quests that I've been like, oh, okay, that was cool. Like, And apparently they affect the story some way, shape, or form. So I'm curious to see how that goes. But... Um, there, there have been choices that I've made that I can later use in the story. So that is true. Um, I thought that was cool. Like I killed a boss of like this little, uh, I'm just going to say a strip club. I forget what it truly was, but he was an asshole. He was, uh, prostitutes as well. Um, and then by me killing him during the story, I went to a place where I was looking for someone and I was able to use that as a threat against this guy. And he was like, okay, holy shit. So it comes into play in many different ways. That's what makes the world feel so alive. Like your actions do have consequence. Mm-hmm. And 
it feels great. I mean, I think the combat is a lot of fun. Um, my specific play style right now, you can build it to however you want to play. I'm playing it mostly stealth. I'm not running in guns a blazing. Um, you can play stealth and it's a lot of fun. Like I'm sneaking around and I'm snapping next. And then like the sword play is more fun than it has any right to be in a first person shooter game. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I really want those fucking mantis arms. So I just got the mantis blades and those are sick as well. Um, I'm so I haven't really put them to a stealth playthrough yet like in terms of i don't think you really can like it's really just about sneaking and breaking necks and stealth unless you can get like crit built up over time which i've not done Mm -hmm. but you can essentially build the game play how you want to play and it's a lot of fun it does so much right yeah this game so the bugs and everything put aside it does more right than it has done wrong but the things that it has done wrong are pretty glaring yeah, I would agree with that. Cool. I actually, uh, <clears throat> I actually just purchased The Witcher Three on Steam because it's on sale. So. Uh, just give it a shot. Um, play with a controller. <laughs> Don't make yourself more mad than you have to be. <laughs> I'm kind of dumb, and I haven't figured out how to hook up a controller i also i think i need to buy a wired controller because i don't think my i don't think my my rig has a bluetooth chip well i would suggest doing that i picked up one from target it's a fusion by power a it's a nice like sturdy wired xbox controller it's heavy it's weighted it looks good it feels good okay Um, cool i might i might do that if they're not too expensive because i really do they're a little expensive okay well thanks for that it's 80 (laughs) it's not terrible oh jesus why i mean it's customizable. Oh yeah, fuck that. I don't need all that. It's nice. It's very responsive. Anyway, I'm just gonna buy a twenty dollar wired Xbox controller and call it a day. Okay. Yeah, I'm a bougie that. bitch. <laughs> if you got it like that, <laughs> you got it like that. But yeah, I do not. That is I. Hey Josh, how you doing? Cyberpunk. That that's a game. <laughs> He said, that's that's a game that I don't give a fuck about. No, well, I mean, you're not wrong, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I won't be having thoughts on it until well into next year. Just got too much shit. Yeah. Um, it's okay to be wrong. Oh, my God. Uh, well, with that said, guys, let's get into our main topic. What's that again? Well, I'm about to tell you. Okay, cool. <laughs> So, uh, you know, every year it comes down this time of year, December, like mid-December to late December. Uh, everyone starts putting out their Game of the Year nominees and winners, and we are literally no different. However, in the interest of giving smaller, more digestible episodes, not you guys, but the, the audience, mm-hmm. we've decided that it's going to be more beneficial to break those things up. And as such, we're going to have separate shows for separate things. And this week's episode will be in service of the various awards that we've decided to give out that aren't Game of the Year. Uh, this includes a multitude of elements, including best character, best music, and biggest shit show. Can't wait to get to that one. Um, to be nominated for any of these given categories, the games or events must have taken place between December 16th of 2019 and December 15th of 2020. Mm. Uh, so without further ado, 
why don't we get right into it? Well, let's do um, it. So, <clears throat> real quick, the way that I layered this, I tried my best to kind of layer it uh the way that the Oscars do where they have a kind of big award to start and then some like littler awards and then like just sprinkle here and there between the bigger and the little ones. <clears throat> so the first one up is our best supporting character. Ooh. Uh, the nominees for this are Hades from the game. Hades. Lady Masako from Ghost of Tsushima. Genki Lee from Miles Morales, and I hope I'm saying this right, Layla Hassan from Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Oh, boys. Oh. It's now time to fight. <laughs> Fuck you. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> um, I ain't hear no bell. Listen, I'm going to I'm going to say it straight up. I like Genki. Uh, I haven't played enough of him, and I don't know who the fuck Lady Hassan is at all. Layla Hassan is. <laughs> what did you say, Lady Hassan? He did. He did. did I? Uh, I don't know. I'm uh, tired yeah. and so I'm old. Layla is the modern day protagonist who is in the shoes of Eivor. Okay. okay. And I think that it really comes down to having experience from Odyssey and Origins. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think she did a huge transition into this game, especially after the events of Odyssey. Um, so it's a little weaker on the totem pole because I do feel like you have to have prior knowledge to what she has been through and where she is at now. But to put it into perspective, um, she went through some shit and she was reassigned to a modern day assassins group. And that assassins group is now comprised of Sean Hastings and Rebecca crane from the old days of assassins creed. Mm-hmm. Um, the original ones with Desmond and they're mm-hmm. kind of watching out for her. Um, and I'm not going to say too much because Josh is still going through it, but, um, she does a great job and you get to experience the world from her perspective in a modern day time. And like, you get to read her emails, like everything, like her text and stuff and see what she's gone through. Um, but out of these four, she might be the weakest simply because you have to have a lot of backstory with her. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um so uh I mean, I'm probably I've not played Miles Morales, but I know Yankee well <laughs> from the from the comics and then even uh into the Spider-Verse, so I'll default to him. I'm I'm going to make a case for Genki simply because if if it wasn't for Genki in Miles Morales, um, Miles would have had an extru- a much harder fucking time with the weight of dealing with the underground and rocks on on his fucking shoulders. Then he, he would have it, it would have been much fucking harder for him without Genki. Genki in Miles Morales is pretty much what Mary Jane was in the first Spider-Man game, just without the without the 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 underlying romance. Um. I think he was super important, honestly. I think he did a really good job in in, in his place. Uh, I'm I can't. very biased, I think, but I don't think that Genki's that strong of a character. Uh, of course you don't. I, I just like here. 
I'm hearing you out. Hang on. Give me just a second. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I thought he was thinking that. <laughs> yeah, I, I did too. Little Dylan said, hey. <clears throat> okay. No. Uh, yeah. Well, he was speaking specifically to Big Dylan. <clears throat> hey, what's up, Little D? All right. Uh, listen, here, here's the thing. I don't feel like now. Admittedly, I haven't beat Miles Morales, so I don't. I don't know. Where are but, you at in Miles Morales? Uh, I am. Shit. What was the last thing that I did? Have you gotten to the part where Miles made his first own suit? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think that was that was actually one of the last things that I did. It wasn't the last thing, but it was one of the last things I did. Yeah. Um. I just don't feel like Genki's around, like, at all. He, you hear him over the radio a lot, kind of the way that you heard the the detective in um, 2018 Spider-Man. But, like, he's... I don't know. Like, I don't feel like he's there at all. Mm, I mean, I, 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 I wholeheartedly disagree, but... That's now, fair. To, to to be fair to me, or I mean, to be fair to you, I could probably make the same argument about Hades. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing about Hades is like he's uh, he's the main antagonist, pretty much. I mean, like, yeah. So like, he has a role in the game, even mm-hmm. though you only see him like when you fight him or when you die. Yeah. So like. You could make the case for Hades, mm-hmm. sure. Uh, in the same way that I'm making the case against Genki, I I had a hard time even putting Genki on there. I just kind of felt like that was the default character from the game that I could have put on there. But honestly, I kind of see what you're saying. I I still disagree with you, but I think the only reason I didn't put the characters that I wanted to put on there is simply because that's too many characters to put on there because I feel like the whole neighborhood of a Harlem is the best supporting cast in the game. Mm, yeah. Um, when you do the side missions, like if, when you finish all of the neighborhood Harlem side missions, um, that is, that is essentially miles learning to be Spider-Man is doing those side missions and learning, learning how much of an effect a, a symbol like Spider-Man can have on a struggling neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that 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 one little aspect is easily one of the best parts of the entire fucking game to me. Yeah. But I, I default- will say that one of the things that I love most about Hades is the banter between Hades and Zagreus. Yes. Um, I think he truly makes it in the terms of like every time you die and you are going to die a lot. It's always something new with him. And I think there has been a lot of moments that has cracked me up, but a lot of moments that also was like, oh shit. <laughs> like, I mean, you are talking to the God of the underworld. Yeah. Um, so Did it's hard. You beat Hades, Dylan? No, um, actually, because. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, other things happened. I, I get it. Yes. But I enjoyed my time with the Great Leah, which is why it's all the way down this list. <laughs> Um, so uh, l- let me let me say let me make my case for Hades real quick. <clears throat> I think that he kind of comes across as like a nothing character at the beginning like he's just this evil dad and as you progress through the story of Hades, he gets more and more complex and there's a 
a moment at the end of the game that really just like really tore me up on the inside. Like, I don't know what it was that affected me so much, but it just, it's this little moment that lasts maybe, maybe like five or 10 seconds. And I started just sobbing because it, showed his character in a completely different light that like the entire time I was just like, God, you're a fucking asshole. You're a fucking asshole. Like whatever. And I got to this point in the game and I was like, Oh no, you're not <laughs> like, yeah. I, I love when games make you feel like that. And, um, yeah, I, I think he's a wonderful character. Uh, I also real quick want to make a case for Lady Masako, who I feel like has the same sort of or gave me the same sort of feelings that Hades did. Uh, She when you first meet her, she is mourning the death of her family. This isn't really a spoiler because it's like the first side quest you get in Ghost of Tsushima. Um, And the more you go along her quest line, the more you learn about her and it just becomes like a, like, I don't know, man. Like you learn so much about her that like you, when you get to the spoiler alert, when you get to the fight with her, I was so fucking conflicted. I was so fucking conflicted about like, fighting her because I genuinely had come to love that character and I understood her pain and I understood like everything that was going along with her and like I don't know she's in much the same way that Hades is like you you, she starts out one way and ends up a completely different way yeah I feel that Um, I'm not that far yet so that was a spoiler for me uh, it's not a spoiler because it was actually the first thing they showed off, but what the very first like gameplay reveal of ghost of Tsushima in, uh, I think it was at E3 was the fight with lady Masako. Oh, I didn't watch any of that. Oh, okay. Well, no, that's okay though. I'm not worried about it. <sighs> I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I I am willing to fight for Hades more than Lady Masako. Mm-hmm. Um, for for my pick, but yeah. I mean, you guys. I'm gonna go with Lady Masako, honestly. Even even over my own nomination, I'm gonna go with Masako. Okay. <laughs> I, f- I wish I could do Layla just. To- <laughs> Oh my god! Just to be um, that yeah, fucking you're asshole. Deciding yeah. vote here, Dylan. Uh, well then, and it's Hades. Woo! It's just he—he he is too much of a presence in that game, and I wish I knew what Josh was talking about towards the end, but I do not. But just from the Barts that I have played, I mean, he's made it for me, and I enjoy dying just to go back and hear what he has to say. Yeah. All right. He's wonderful. That's it. Okay. Well, Hades has won. Yep, that's the show. The first. (laughs) Show's (laughs) over. (laughs) Or canceled. The first of 18,000 awards uh, that I hope that it wins. 
Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. Our next category is best multiplayer event. And uh, our nominees are Dead by Daylight's Eternal Blight event. That was their Halloween event. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fortnite's Season 4 Galactus Battle. That was something that actually just happened a couple days ago. And Rocket League's free-to-play transition. So going from being paid for to free-to-play. Huh. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I liked Dead by Daylight's Eternal Blight event, but it was kind of lackluster compared to the... Um, the event that they had did last year. So it knocked it down a little bit. So to me, it's between two things. It's that Galactus battle, which was fucking awesome. Like, I don't think even if you don't play Fortnite, like it's still cool. It's like, fucking fucking dope. And, uh, the, the transition of free to play for rocket league is gigantic because that game is still awesome. So, Well, it's not only awesome, but it went from, you know, every a, a lot of people still played it. But then when it went free to play, it was also cross platform. And now all of a sudden oh, yeah, we have yeah. over a million players on the game. Mm-hmm. It was fucking monumental and it completely changed the face of Rocket League. And going forward, I mean, they're just going to keep getting better with what they've done. They've had a battle pass in the game or a rocket pass in the game for a long time now. But even that, I mean, like they've completely overhauled what I knew Rocket League to be from, you know, four score and seven years ago. But now it's something entirely different. And the fact that they brought in over a million players, I mean, that was just, I mean, I. What the hell? What was that? Dylan, I guess. Dylan, are you back? That was me. Yeah, it was you. Oh shit! I guess it gets... fucking wing nut. No, I didn't even know. Huh. <laughs> I heard the sound and I was like, mm. "Yeah, that sound too." Uh, uh, anyway, you were talking about bringing in the million players. Yeah, it's like I know Fortnite brings in a million players on the daily, mm-hmm. but Rocket League doing what they did it just completely changed the face of what we knew it to be. And then it, it just brings in all these players that can now play together. Um, and again, Fortnite, they have been doing that. Like, I can't say that they've, it's Fortnite's cross play, right? Oh yeah. 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 So Fortnite's had it on lock for a long time now. So the fact that when I say this about rocket league, I mean, it's, it's on another level to me because rocket league is not a game that you would expect to see like a million concurrent players on to me. Mm. And maybe it is, I don't know, but it, I think they completely changed the game on this. Now I actually hadn't, I've never seen anything in regards to the Galactus battle. I have no idea what it is. I'm going to be honest with you. I watch 0% of Fortnite. Like Fortnite is on the very last thing I would ever watch. Wow. Jesus. Uh, Well, season four was like this big Marvel thing. The entire time. And I don't know if you were, are familiar with the way that like Fortnite quote unquote ended. Uh, what was it like two years ago? Um, they've been doing something like that for every season since. Yeah. And this was the big end event for season four. Um, with that said, I, I 
only watched the Galactus battle because uh, I don't play Fortnite that often. Um, so I'm completely fine with choosing Rocket League for this one. I'm going with Fortnite. Just because I... Speaking of Fortnite, if either of you guys ever want to play that, I am dumbed down because I've been playing Fortnite for like two hours a night for like the last three weeks. No. I fucking love Fortnite. I don't give a fuck. I'll no. Play with you. I fucking love that shit. What, Dylan, what's your problem with Fortnite, bro? I, there are better battle royales out there, and it looks like a giant waste of my time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I think Fortnite is... I'm not going to say it's the best battle royale, but it's definitely the one I have the most fun with. It's not the best. It's it not. Not, it's not, by, the best. No, not by a mile, but it's the one I personally have the most fun with. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It looks like I enjoyed it when it first came out. Like, I can't lie. I did play it a lot when it first came out, and I really enjoyed it. This was before they had the Battle Pass, I believe. Um, it was a lot of fun, and I did play it through the first couple of seasons of the original seasons, and it was fun through that. But then they started changing everything, and like it completely just lost all interest to me. Like, and what? I. What did they it, change though? I have never I I did watch uh so when you go to Twitch now, like it'll give you some like yeah. stream at the top of the page and it was Fortnite, so I was watching it for a second. And it's like what I don't know what you mean by what did they change because everything's fucking changed. I mean, there's like you can get like what did I see? There was like you can get like pieces of Iron Man's armor and shit, and like you can I don't know, oh, they added just for the season though. But again, a Marvel theme again, why are we having all these like, like what, what, what's the word like promoted events and stuff like that for Marvel? Like, can't you think of anything original for yourself or do we have to keep adding other shit into your own game? Like, why can't you be original? Like a cash infusion from those properties. Well, you're absolutely right. It's all about money, but it's like, why can't we be original with anything? Like, and now it's the Mandalorian. Like, why is it always something else and nothing original from their part well i i I can't give an answer to you for that one but (laughs) i enjoy it i i'm glad that you and millions and millions of other people enjoy it it's just me i'm in i'm in this i would rather play a good battle royale like warzone or apex legend oh you you lost me when you said warzone i know but it's probably i mean it's there's if when it comes to battle royales, it's probably the best one. No, See, Apex, and I don't even like one. it. Apex, I'm not a fan of Apex, and I think Apex is uh, in a league of its own compared to Warzone. I think Warzone is fucking trash. I am a fan of Apex. It's my favorite, but I think Warzone is the best. Holy shit. I, I, dude, I don't know, man. I think it's Apex by a mile. I think Blackout was better than fucking Warzone. Oh, no, you're wrong. Oh, God. Okay. Dylan, <laughs> it's down to you. Are you choosing Rocket League or not? Oh, of course I'm choosing Rocket League. Fuck All Fortnite. Right. Rocket League is our winner. Woo! Congratulations to uh, Psyonix. Yeah, good job, guys. Who doesn't know our award means. We are. Yeah, it means everything. Or care. Um, okay. Best art direction in our next category and this might be the single closest race in the entire uh categories tonight um our nominees are 
Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and Ori and the Will of the Wisps. <sighs> this one's rough. I don't know who to choose because they are all excellent. I'm choosing Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> Just because I I haven't played Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I haven't. Um, I haven't touched it yet. That and game is stunning. To say. I'm I'm literally never going to play Hades, so I'm going with Ghost of Tsushima. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, all three of these games have incredible style. Um, God, Dylan, it, it, what what would your choice be? Uh, <laughs> I'm like you. So I've, I've seen ghosts of Tsushima from afar and it's beautiful. I can't say that it's not, it's fucking gorgeous. Um, but I have, yeah, Hades is just something else. Um, it really is. I've not <clears throat> seen too much. I've not seen too much like that in my time of gaming um, in terms of what they did just because it's in a way, it kind of reminds me of a comic book. I know that sounds weird, but no, I feel you. It's very, it's got almost the hand drawn nature to it. Almost. Yes. Yeah. And it's just so beautiful and it just draws me in every single time. Um, but then you have Ori and it's like, the colors on that game just they're mesmerizing and you can it's hypnotic almost like you don't see a lot of that either so for me it comes down to Hades and Ori like I don't know if I would choose Ghost of Tsushima but I'm not taking anything away from it because it's an absolutely beautiful and stunning game mm-hmm. I cannot say that it's not um, but with Hades and Ori it gives me something just salivating like I, I can just look at it for forever i mean it's just beautiful yeah josh you're struggling with all three uh yeah i yeah <laughs> i i don't i don't know which one to choose because they're all very distinct art styles i i feel what you're saying about hades for sure it's very it's it's that that uh isometric kind almost 2.5D like it's like somewhere between like 2D and 3D sort of thing and it's got that like comic book sort of like art style to it almost and then Ori almost reminds me of like um if you've ever seen like uh I don't know how to describe it you know you know the little books that have like the um like the little moving pieces in them. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's what Ori reminds me of from an art style. <sighs> God, and then Ghost of Tsushima is just gorgeous. Like from top, like I have, uh, that game <laughs> is an absolutely stunning, stunning game. Um. Me and my mom, like, if I have a question about anything, they always need to go to her. 
I'm going to... Excuse me. I'm going to throw Austin in a bone, and I'm going to be the ghost of Tsushima. Damn. He he has been very very patient so far. <laughs> he doesn't give a fucking. Doesn't matter. I'm just you don't throw him a bone because he's feeling sad. He hasn't uh, got a winner yet. I, I don't give a shit. Throw, I'm going to be throwing bones so hard in this particular thing because I am telling you guys right now I am gunning very very hard uh, when game of the year comes around or when when that discussion comes. Um. <laughs> So, congratulations to Sucker Punch and goes to Tsushima for best art direction. <laughs> uh, best level slash world design is our next category, and we had a like, hey, uh, conver- con- conversation <laughs> about uh, this. We're having a text. fight on Google Docs right now. So, it's- <laughs> um, so. This award is going to go to, uh, it, it's kind of a, a mix between the establishment of the world in which the game takes place, but also uh, the levels specifically for certain games. Uh, the nominees we have are Twin Breaker, A Sacred Symbols Adventure, Ghost of Tsushima, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and Spider-Man miles morales josh is your game of the year going to be ghost of tsushima uh probably going to be hades i don't know it's it's one of those two for sure i'm telling you guys right now like i'm not even going to beat around the fuck a pickle dude we're gonna have such a bad episode (laughs) um i so i'm gonna go ahead and speak my piece real quick because neither of you guys have played it uh, Twin Breaker is an awesome little brick-breaking game that's from uh, Lilymo Games, who is co-owned by Colin Moriarty, who is the founder of Sacred Symbols and Colin's Last Stand, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he's a content creator, uh, and he worked with the guy over at Lilymo to make Twin Breaker. Okay. Um, I loved that game so much that I platinumed it twice, once on PS4 and once on the Vita. That game has got really, really wonderful level design. Uh, It's a brick-breaking game, so, like, it's not really all that intensive in terms of, like, gameplay. Uh, But getting through the levels was such a treat because of the way the levels were designed. Um, some of them were a little bit more frustrating than others, but I think it's great. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and take it off the board because I know neither of you guys have played it. So we're down to Sushima, Valhalla, and Miles Morales. Okay, Um, so here's my piece. Well, I'm going to say this real quick. I'm going to say this real quick. (laughs) I... If it were up to me, I would not put Miles Morales on here because, like, I would take it off because it's a rework from the first game. But yeah, tell me, about I understand Valhalla. that. Josh, can I? It's not like a major spoiler, but it does talk about a little what I wanted to talk about earlier. Okay, it's the third place you can go outside of 
those two places that you've already been or are about to go to. Is it in the future? Like like the Desmond stuff was in the first couple of Assassin's Creed games? No. Oh, okay. If okay, it's it's like a it's like a medium tier spoiler. If you don't want to yank the band-aid off before I do it. Yeah, just, listen, here's the thing. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is like 80 plus hours long. It's going to be a while before I get to the end of the okay. game. <laughs> so here's my thing. Assassin's Creed Valhalla at its core is a beautiful game. And the world is something that is not only realistic, but it if it just looks good from horizon to horizon. You can ride on your horse and just get lost in the world. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then what really caught me, and I know it's only a small fraction of what the game has to offer and it's you're only there for a brief period of time mm-hmm. but in this game you can go to asgard and it's oh. fucking beautiful that's like fucking cool it is so cool and they do it so much justice like as soon as i was thrown there for the first time i think it's truly one of the only time in games that it's my jaw dropped mm-hmm. like i was like caught by force i had never seen anything yeah. like it and i was like i was reminiscent of the marvel movies because it it really does show a lot of like what you would expect to see like you can see the bifrost and all that um that's it, really cool it, that you can go to the place from the thor movies that's fucking awesome yes it's like the rainbow bridge was one of the most beautiful things <laughs> i hate to me so yeah oh. i know it's terrible i, know I just glossed over it um <laughs> i know you do but couple that with what the actual game truly did between england and norway and it was one of the best experiences i've had all year in terms of um just overall design of a game because i feel like it was so true to England and Norway, and then it takes you and gives you a third option of saying, here's this fantastical, (laughs) mystical, just beautiful place in terms of Asgard. And it was so captivating. Um, Mm -hmm. But I know Ghosts of Tsushima, like talked about it just a minute ago, completely beautiful in the same regard. So I don't know. Like, I want to hear what you guys have to say on Tsushima. Uh, Austin, do you, do you want to start or do you want me to? Um, yeah, cause I'm, I'll start cause mine's super quick. Um, we'll I, see. fuck you. <laughs> I don't have a lot of playtime in Ghost of Tsushima just cause I've been trying to play like five games at the same time for like the last two weeks and it's not working out very well. Um, I think in Ghost of Tsushima, I probably have like three and a half, four hours, maybe roughly that, um, but I, fuck, dude, I don't even know what I can say about the game, honestly, that hasn't already be, been said. Just the, the 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 entire map is just fucking jaw-dropping gorgeous, and I don't understand how it looks that good off of a base PS4, but fuck, it does. And every time I get in that game, it's literally like 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 my brain is being transported to, to feudal Japan, and I'm just living it, I'm just cruising. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> So that's it. That's all I had to say about it. Like I said, it's going to be super brief and super bare bones. Uh, I echo everything Austin said. <laughs> In terms of the world design, like it, it, it completely transforms you or transports you to Fusion mm-hmm. Man, like just one hundred percent. It's gorgeous. Uh, it, yeah, it's stunning. Like it really is. But mm-hmm. 
on top of that, there are like little pockets uh, within the game that like are just really well designed. Like, uh, how do I want to put it? Like, uh, like battle arenas almost. Yeah. If that makes sense. So like when you go to clear like an outpost or whatever, those outposts are really well designed to get you into and out of spaces mm-hmm. without being seen, but also like they are like, it, it's not easy to necessarily do. Like I, I go yeah, all I the agree. time and like they have, you know, um, they'll have the, the little flowers that you can crouch behind or whatever up against a wall that lets you into the outpost. And then once you get in there, you may not necessarily have like a whole lot of flowers to go around and stalk people in, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then there are the, uh, I'm trying to think of the, like it's the watchtowers where the archers will sit. And then there's like these buildings that you can slink in and out of. Like, I just, I think that it is really, really well thought out game design for the levels and the world of Sushima. Um, yeah. So I agree. Uh, that would be my pick. I assume that would be Austin's pick. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, another another ward for uh, Sushima. It's uh, cleaning up here at the uh, <laughs> the the Pixel Awards. The HPAs. The HPAs. <laughs> um, our next category. We're, we're gonna work on that name. Don't worry. Um, we're gonna work on it. We'll have a a real name next year. HPGAs. Oh my god. <laughs> the next category is best DLC expansion. Uh, our nominees are Ghost of Tsushima Legends, the Isle of Armor for Pokemon Sword and Shield, and the Crown Tundra for Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, I already know what's going to win, so I'm going to give my little stop, speech about... Stop, stop, You don't, because... Uh-oh. Uh, I truly, I wasn't joking in my text conversation. I think Ghost of Tsushima has to take this one. Um, really? For how good Crown Tundra was, the first off, the Isle of Armor was shit. It shouldn't exist. Um, <laughs> wrong. Crown Tundra wrong. was fantastic. It completely uh, rejuvenated the DLC, the expansion pass. I think it was phenomenal. But Ghost of Tsushima did something that you do not see in video games to nowadays. And that was just out of fucking nowhere. Come out with some expansion that adds so much life to the game. It adds like completely new game modes to the game. And on top of it all, it was free. And you don't see that anymore. And I think that was like just... To put it into perspective, on top of a beautiful game, it was a beautiful gesture from the uh, game developers as well. So Ghost of Tsushima truly was my choice. Oh, well, holy shit. Um, I thought you guys were going to wax poetic about Crown Tundra for... No, it was a good DLC. It wasn't memorable. <laughs> well, I... Uh... Whatever. Ghost of Tsushima <laughs> takes it. I don't care anymore. I'm completely uninvested. Everything that uh, Dylan said is, is accurate about legends. Um, Austin, I I know that you haven't played a lot of Tsushima, but like Mm -mm. 
You should play some Legends. It's really, really fucking. Fun. Now I'm not going to after this. I'm going to uninstall it. <laughs> I'm uninstalling it right now. Um, I'm kidding. I'll play it eventually. Uh, but why don't you you go ahead and tell me how great you think Crown Tundra is? Uh, it's pointless at this point, but I'll do it anyway. Um, uh, first of all, Dylan's wrong. The Isle of Armor is not trash. He's <laughs> wrong um is it as good as the crown tundra jesus fucking christ no um but it i think it had its fun um isle of armor was kind of like the entire rest of sword and shield for me it was good i didn't love it but i definitely didn't hate it it was good that's kind of about it it was good and the crown tundra because of the crown tundra i've easily put 50 more hours into sword and shield like if they hadn't have done that if it had just been Sword and Shield or even just Sword and Shield in the Isle of Armor, I would have put maybe 70 hours in that game and then never fucking touched it again. But the Crown Tundra with the Dynamax raids, which I think are phenomenally fucking fun. Um, me, me and Dylan had a video on it, but he fucked up and then it had to be deleted and we just never did it again. But I forgot uh, about it. I Yeah, I did too until just now. Me fucking bastard. <laughs> but... uh. No, it really revitalized the entire fucking game for me. Um, I am super, and this is kind of, eh, it's still about the Crown Tundra, I guess. Um, I am super into fossil Pokemon. I think they've always been really fucking cool. Um, I think they've been some of the more unique Pokemon that have ever been designed, honestly, even though they're just based off extinct animals, but they're fucking dinosaurs. Like we said earlier, dinosaurs are fucking cool. Everybody loves them. So, that was one of my favorite things about the crown tundra was just walking around and seeing these like prehistoric extinct Pokemon that you can only get through fossils in previous games, just walking around, booling, chilling, having a good day, literally chilling. I imagine it's pretty fucking cold there. Let me ask you just complete side tangent. Do you not think that's a little bit ironic that the dinosaurs were wiped out during, what was it? The ice age, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and yeah. then and it's where do we very find them? frozen climate? Yeah. They're just thriving. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's pretty ironic, I would say. It is. But it was good for that reason. I felt like it was like a little Jurassic Park. You could see. Yeah, all that. it was, dude, because it was like all the extinct Pokemon and all the fucking dragons are just flying around doing their thing. Yeah. And it was cool. I, I enjoyed a, the Crown Tundra. It was a very good DLC mm-hmm. um, as opposed to the Isle of Armor. I got no true enjoyment out of the Isle of Armor. Like I said, I was finished with it within like two and hours. That's fine. It's not your fault. You have bad taste. You were just born that way. <laughs> it's okay. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I, the Isle of Armor, I don't think it's as bad as people say it is, but it's definitely not something to write home about either. Yeah. It's one of the most bland DLCs. I've it ever is. Um, but as far as DLCs go for me, Crown Tundra in any game, really, it's the most fun with a DLC I've had this year. It was good. Didn't has to. Three Houses final DLC with like the big story came out this year, didn't it, Josh? Uh, I want to say so. Yeah, I think it came out in February. I bought it. I haven't played it, but I bought yeah, it. It was either that or like March, I think. Yeah, it was between February and April. I know that. Um, we probably could have put it on its list, but I never played it. So, uh, yeah, I, I never got around to it either. The game's uh, fucking long enough as it is. I didn't need DLC. <laughs> honestly uh yeah well 
I, I'm really surprised that Sushima won, but uh, I think Legends is well-deserved. Um, all right, next category is the best boss fight. Not bossed, boss. I am really dumb. Uh, <laughs> our nominees are... That's okay, we know. Theseus and Asterius from Hades. Lady Masako from Ghost of Tsushima. Hell House from Final Fantasy VII Remake. Prowler from Miles Morales. And The Heart of Ender from Minecraft Dungeons. Um, for the record, I almost put Hades, but when I was thinking about it, uh, Hades, I feel like I like more aesthetically than I do uh, like combat-wise. I think the Theseus and Asterius fight is the best fight in Hades, uh, which is why it made it here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to knock out Hell House because it is the most memorable boss fight for me for Final Fantasy VII Remake, but also it's, uh, I think, holds a place for me because of nostalgia. Okay. So, um, so let me get mine out of the way. I haven't beat, uh, or played enough miles Morales to get to the prowler fight. Um, and I didn't play enough Minecraft dungeons to get to heart of vendor. Either. Oh, well the heart of vendor genuinely fucked me. Um, so I did a whole video series on Minecraft dungeons and I don't remember truly, truly dying. Um, it was actually a fairly enjoyable game. I like loved every second of it. And then I get to the final, um, final area and I get up to the final boss, which is the arch illager. And I kicked his ass and I was like, hell yeah, that was fun. And then just like some dark soul shit, I shouldn't own better phase two pops out. And it's the heart of Ender, and I almost immediately fucking die. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try that again off camera, and I immediately die. Like, that was one of the hardest bosses I've faced in a long time. Like, there were so many different mechanics to learn. And I'm sitting here right now, and I'm re-watching the video um, that I recorded for it. And it's just, you have so much happening on screen. And his health bar is fucking massive. You have very little space to like hide from a lot of his attacks. And you just have to be super calculated with everything that you do um, to beat him. Like you have to make full use of all your little artifacts. You have to pay attention to what attack is coming up next from him. You have to know exactly when to heal. It was fucking hard. That was the first true challenge I faced in that game. And it took me by a huge surprise like i i could not believe it like i died and even up until the point where i did actually beat him i think i had like one life left or no lives left actually um and he just rocked my shit so heart of ender when i thought the arch illager was it hell no like the heart of ender comes out of fucking nowhere and just rocks my whole entire world it was a great boss fight though like when i beat it i actually felt accomplished like, I was like, fuck, yeah, that should have been the end of the game. Like I, I truly felt it. That was good. Hell yeah. Um, um, I'm going to make a case for the Prowler. Uh, do you care about spoilers, Josh? Like, how hard are you trying to avoid those? I mean, if, uh, if you're about to tell us who the Prowler is, we've seen the movie. Oh, <laughs> shut up. Uh, I would... 
if if possible, I would prefer not to because I feel like I can beat the game here in the next couple of days. Uh, but I mean, if it's if there's no way for you to work around it, that's uh, that's fine. Go ahead. I so I I can work around some of it. Um, my biggest thing about well, f- oh, fuck, I kind of can't work around it because that was part of my favorite gaming moment in oh, 2020 was ahead. the Prowler revelations. Um, so this will kind of tie into what I, what we'll talk about later too. Um, the reason why, so first of all, I would have loved to have said Lady Lady Masako or Hell House, but I have not reached either of those fights in either of those games, so I can't really speak for those. I imagine Final Fantasy VII, I imagine that fight's fucking cool as hell, but I haven't gotten there yet. Um, but so the reason I put the Prowler is solely because of the the issues of of Miles and his air and uh, Aaron's relationship at this point in the game. Pretty much Aaron is trying to force him to give up the Spider-Man mantle and stop trying to do this because he's scared that he's going to have to bury his nephew right after burying his brother. Mm. And he doesn't feel like Miles has what it takes to stand up to Roxxon in the underground. And Miles is like, well, I'm Spider-Man now. Like, I don't have a choice. Like, I have to do this. Um, there was one line in specific where uh, he tell he he's you're fighting him and he says to Miles, he's, he's kind of, trying to remember the line specifically. Um, he said something along the lines of Miles still being a little kid looking up to Spider-Man. And Miles' comeback to that was, "No, I'm I'm the kid that that I'm the kid that other kids are looking up to. Like I have to do this. I have to fight them." And it it was a very fulfilling fight. It was very satisfying because um, the Prowler is kind of a piece of shit in this fucking game. So, and yeah, I'll talk about that later too. I'm I'm not going to say too much about it here, but that's why I think it's one of the best boss fights to come out of 2020. And honestly, to me, it's the most difficult boss fight in Miles Morales just because there's so many stages to it. And the Prowler's just a fucking asshole. It likes to jump around and shoot shit at you and like get behind your back before you can turn the camera around. It's fucking obnoxious. But it was fun. It was one of the more enjoyable boss fights I've had in a game in a game this year. Cool. Um, well, I I want to go ahead and I'll also throw off Lady Masako. Um, I think that that fight really resonates with me because of her story, not necessarily because of the fight itself. Um, I think it's pretty much the perfect culmination of her storyline. Yeah. Um, and it... Uh, I mean, it definitely is emotionally affecting, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, I mean, it's the standard duel the way that most of the boss fights in um, Sushima are. Yeah. I don't think that there is anything especially spectacular about it, uh, but the, the setting is gorgeous and the, the, like emotional resonance of what's going on in the story compared to her is really, really great. Okay. Um, so I, I mean, I guess that leaves us with Theseus and Asterius from Hades prowler from miles Morales in the heart of the ender from Minecraft dungeons. Um, so I think I know where you stand Austin. 
I'm I'm kind of torn between Prowler and Lady Masako, even though I haven't gotten that far yet. Uh, well, I'll I'll say this much. Um, I haven't played enough of Minecraft Dungeons to know anything about Heart of Ender, so that that's probably not going to get my vote. Dylan. Oh, I'm here. <laughs> um, I think in that case, it has to be Theseus and Asterius because I did do that fight and I got my shit rocked and that's when I stopped playing. <laughs> the, the, yeah, I, I got fucked up by them a lot before. Everyone does. I, you know who, honestly, probably I could have thrown this list also is Megara. Um, because she fucked me up for about 30 times before I finally got past her yeah, for the first I time. I mean, she. I think she's memorable because she's the first one that you get to. Mm-hmm. But the first one that it's like, okay, because you do Meg and then you do the fucking Hydra. But yeah. then you get the Theseus and Asterius and it's like, okay, everything I've done up until now has been a fucking cakewalk. Compared to these two, yeah. Yes. And I, I love that it... Like they both can hit you with ranged attacks, but also like they they work off of one another. Like if you get too close to Theseus, he will fuck you up with like spinning his spear. If you get too close to Asterius, he'll bull rush you. Like uh, I don't know, man. I I really fucking like that boss fight a lot. It was a, it was a rough fight, um, and then that was going to be my second choice out of these five. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely Theseus and Asterius. Um, I still think the Heart of Ender, like in terms of memorable moments, that was it for me. But Theseus and Asterius is the one that I did actually play, experience, and got my shit rocked yet again, just like I did with the Heart of Ender. So, okay. I think that's All right. it. All right. Theseus and Asterius, it is. I'm sorry, Austin. Don't hey. say I'm sorry to him. I keep getting my shit not even acknowledged, so it's fine. Oh, uh, bro, get the fuck out of here. I no. think it's just because we haven't played. Yeah. Which is probably my bad. But here's one that uh, we all can agree on. <laughs> probably no, not. I don't think there is uh, one. Next category is best music. Our nominees are Hades, I Can Fell, Doom Eternal and Final Fantasy 7 Remake. Um, Final Fantasy 7 Remake, I feel comfortable taking off the board for two reasons. One, it's technically an old score. Mm-hmm. I, it, it just, it's a gussied up version of the original Final Fantasy 7 score. And it's good. Which is, if, if it were not the fact that it was already done, it would win. I don't even like, I don't care what either of you say it would win. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would make it win. Fuck you guys. <laughs> like that yeah. score is unfucking believable. It is so yeah. good, but like, I'm going to take it off because I not only did it, is it basically the same score from the original game, but also it won at the game awards. So I feel completely. Oh yeah, it did. Didn't it? it off. Yeah. Hmm. Um, which leads us to Hades, Eichenfell, and Doom Eternal. Uh, Austin, I have a feeling that Doom Eternal is 
going to be the one that you're going for. And you are 100% correct about that. I think the score in Doom Eternal is fucking phenomenal, and that's more of a personal thing. Um, I, I, it's pretty fucking obvious, by the way I present myself. Uh, I, I, I love metal music. I like really heavy shit. I listen to Norwegian black metal while I'm just eating lunch at work. So I, th- I think that compared to the kind of game Doom Eternal is, the music is beyond fucking perfect. And it's, it gets me hype every fucking time, especially playing battle mode in Doom Eternal. Holy shit, dude. Some of those guitar riffs when you're fucking jumping around and shooting demons and ripping their fucking throats out. It's awesome. <laughs> it gets me rock fucking hard every time. Fair so enough. I'm going with Doom Eternal. Um. All right. Well. Uh. Don't make I, it awkward after I made a boner joke. Just keep going. I'm, I'm not gonna make a. I'm not gonna make it awkward. Um. <laughs> I would. I I feel comfortable compromising and taking Hades off the list now because I feel like Hades does uh, has a similar sound to Doom Eternal mm-hmm. uh, in terms of its uh, overall like I, I don't want to say like they're both metal music because that's just not correct. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Hades, Hades got- was my choice. Oh really? Hades was one hundred percent. I've not heard a soundtrack this year that comes close to Hades. I don't care about like the metal thrashing music Hades did it all. It had that metal music, but then it also had like the serenity Mm -hmm. parts to it too. And that just can completely sweep you away. Like you get lost in the music. I think it's the best soundtrack all year. Uh, I Hades would have, would have been my number one pick had I not played. I can fell. Um, fuck. (laughs) We are at an impasse. Yeah, because I've not played either of the other two games, so I have no opinions. Um, so uh, I'm trying to see if I can find a YouTube link to send you, like, uh, like a, a video of I can fail so you can hear the music. It's it's eight bit music. Like it sounds like old school, like NES or SNES music. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like it's chip tune or whatever. But like it is so, so fucking entrancing, dude. Like every single time I boot up that game, I am just enamored with the music. Like just straight up. It makes me feel like, and maybe. Okay, so maybe this is like my own personal shit going on, but it brings me back to playing games on the Sega Genesis and on the PS1. And it just speaks to me. It is, it's, oh God, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, uh, okay, I'm the only one who's played Eichenfell, so... I'll take it off the board. I don't want to. It's it's for sure my favorite soundtrack of the year. <sighs> that leaves me being the deciding vote between Hades and Doom Eternal. God damn it. <laughs> Just go ahead and say Hades. I know you want to. It's okay. 
I think they're both really great soundtracks. Uh, Doom Eternal for completely different reasons, though. I, I think Doom Eternal really fucking fits what Doom is. And I think that the music is good, but it, I, I think that the soundtrack for it fits better for Doom Eternal the game than like something I would ever listen to. Yeah, and, and that's on fair. The other hand is something that I would I would actively listen to. I think that it's wonderful. Um, that's fair. God damn it, Austin! Don't kill me when we get to Game of the Year awards. Oh, I'm gonna kill you. the uh, The winner for this category is Hades. Mm mm mm. Toasty. I quit. <laughs> this is it. Last episode. All right. Uh, our next. This is the one I was probably looking forward to getting to the most. Uh, our next category is <laughs> biggest shit, shit show. <laughs> oh, sweet fucking our Jesus! Our nominees are CD Projekt's Red come or CD Projekt Red's f- complete fumbling of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Uh, Sony's rollout of the PS five, the internet's overreaction to The Last of Us two. No first party titles for Microsoft on the launch of the Series S slash X and <laughs> Marvel's Avengers. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. <laughs> this is going to be a hard one because I, um, I, I agree well, with every fucking. Well, I didn't know Marvel's Avengers was even on here because I left after I put Microsoft on no first party titles. And then I just scroll down and see Marvel <laughs> didn't put it there. So it was Josh. It was me. <laughs> and that's fair. It was fucking um, garbage. <laughs> No, and I, I don't even want to talk about the, the game. Like, I'm not even talking about the game itself. Oh, the game trust is- me. I don't want to talk about it either. I think it's fine. I'm talking more about the fact that this game released with so many fucking bugs. Mm-hmm. It was unfucking playable when it first launched. Oh, absolutely. On top of that, you, you, like, when you try to play the... Uh, or, now I I don't know this from personal experience because I haven't actually even beat the the single player story, but from what other people have told me and from what I s- saw in reviews, the cues to play the in game stuff, which is multiplayer only, mind you, are completely broken. Mm-hmm. You can't find games to play with other people. They are, dude. It's fucking awful. Even when you invite another person, it's ridiculous. So, uh, so so they've got that, which is technically in-game stuff, but I'm not like that's. But on top of all that, they also lost one hundred and five million dollars. Yeah. Like with Final Fantasy seven remake making Square Enix like boatloads of money. Avengers launch eroded all of that. And they're actually going to be posting a negative profit this year. Mm-hmm. Because of the fucking Avengers game, I and think then, I, I think I saw that all platforms combined, the game as of right now has lost ninety seven percent of its player base across all platforms, which is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> the game came out in September, and then and then you take into the uh, account on top of that they had these completely fucking ridiculous tie-ins with like five gum and fucking like mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was Doritos but there Who was the like fuck some- choose five gum anymore 
Like, the, they just had so many weird fucking marketing things. There was the bullshit where they made Spider-Man an exclusive character for uh, PlayStation. Like, I had to put it on the list. Because Holy fucking shit. That's super weird. I, I'm on, I'm on, I'm, I'm surfing the internet currently. And, um, as we were talking about Avengers, I just got an ad for Avengers about how Spider-Man is a PlayStation exclusive character. Yeah. That's fucking weird. Well, um, I, I, that's probably my choice for a biggest shit show of the year. Um, however, it's it's actually really hard because I think Sony fucked up the PS5 launch and I think CD Projekt Red fucked up their launch too. I think yeah, the Sony launch is fucked even right now, dude. They're yeah, especially oh. you. So I I'm gonna make a counterpoint to the first party titles for Microsoft. Uh, the the reason that I wouldn't choose that is because fucking neither does Sony. Like they have two. Yes, but one's not an exclusive to the fucking the PS5, which is Miles Morales, mm-hmm. and the other one is a remake of a fucking PS3 game. But that remake was built from the ground up, like it's I, a completely new game. Yeah, yeah, no, I I, I get that, and like I I'm not taking anything away from that, but like I just uh, it annoys me so much. Oh, Microsoft doesn't have any games at launch, motherfucker. Neither does PS5. Neither does the fucking PlayStation. Like, but it did. I know it's just one, but they had something planned. I, I mean, they had one. Okay, sure. Uh, but uh, again, to me, like, it's a fucking remake of a PS3 game. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I will agree with you that Microsoft should have had something other than Halo, though, because with all of the parties that they acquired, there is no reason for them not to have had one. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I think they fucked up. I understand that. Um, as far as the Sony rollout of the PS5s, it's it's just it's getting so bad to the point where people like me and like other people I know who like really fucking want one can't get one. We just don't care anymore. Like we just oh, yeah. genuinely do not give a like I don't fucking care anymore. Do I want one? Hell yeah, I want one. And the first time I walk into a store and I see one on shelf, I'm gonna fucking buy it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care if I can afford it or not. I'm going to fucking buy it because I've wanted one for this goddamn long. But like like my buddy Caleb texted me the other day saying that, hey, uh, we just got a we just got a, a message from corporate saying that we will no longer until around uh, until around pretty much until around the summer of next year. They will not be carrying PS fives in store anymore, period. Because it, because apparently it's it's a it's a COVID safety safety violation. It's forming too many mass crowds, wow. and they don't want to deal with it anymore. And I don't know if Target is going to follow suit. Uh, from what I've heard, Best Buy has also followed suit and is going to be doing the same thing, which is fucking dumb because I don't think Best Buy has ever carried them in store to fucking begin with. If they have, I've never fucking heard about it. I've only ever heard of them being carried in store by really by fucking Walmart and target. And that's fucking it. Hmm. But this has just been such a fucked up console launch that it makes me not even give a fuck about the console anymore. Yeah. Like I genuinely don't give a shit if I get it or not. Um, 
my vote, I would be torn between the PS5 launch and, and Avengers. Uh, CD Projekt's fumbling of Cyberpunk really comes down to two things. One, they launched it in a semi-broken state. It's still playable, but like there are bugs galore. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to knock points on that when people don't knock points for fucking Bethesda games launching in the same state. Or Ubisoft. Or, yeah, or Ubisoft, yeah. Um, the internet's overreaction to The Last of Us 2 is interesting, I think, for sure, because not only did you have people not playing the game and reviewing, review bombing it because they're fucking entitled pricks, uh, you also had people, uh, what would be, like, the opposite of review bombing it? Um... Like know. unnecessarily praising it. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, it's interesting that that happened, but like, I feel like in, in the the culture that we live in nowadays, it's almost like that's the, that, that's the norm. <laughs> yeah. My, my issue with the internet's overreaction to The Last of Us Part Two is, um, I, I've, the biggest case of it that I've seen so far is, uh, me and Madison like to watch the channel girlfriend reviews. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think like, we talked about this on the I, show. Before. I fucking love their channel. I think they're fucking hilarious. They're some of my favorite, like quote unquote YouTube reviewers. Like I'll watch their shit before I watch an IGN video. Oh, well, um, yeah, duh. I'll watch anything before I watch an IGN video. I watched um, or hentai before I watched that shit. Oh my god! That, but did, you're going to say that they got the the death threats, right? Yeah, yeah. Just for simply stating that they fucking liked the game, like they weren't even putting it on a pedestal. They weren't like, "Oh, it's the best fucking game we've ever played." No, they're just like, "We genuinely enjoyed it." And people are like, "Fuck you! You're a piece of shit! Fucking kill yourself!" And I'm like, "God, shut up! It's yeah. not that serious, bro. And it's it, not." On, and then the opposite side of that coin was like if you had any sort of like reasonable critiques of the games, like, Oh, you're a fucking misogynist or a transphobe or homophobe or what? Like, yeah, dude, shut no. the fuck. Up. No, just it's just like the fucking game. Like, yeah. Sorry. And that's completely fair. Um, yeah. where does the transphobia come into that though? Uh, cause there's a trans character in it. Who is it? Uh, you're never going to play it. It's Lev. She's uh she's one of the, um, I actually just bought it, sir. Thank you very much. Oh, well, uh, she's one of the, uh, or he, sorry, he, uh, he is one of the, um, the, uh, child characters you meet when you're playing as Abby. I'm kidding. I haven't purchased it yet. I'm going to though. I'm uh, as soon as I finish the first one, I'm going to buy it. My, I think my vote is going to go for Marvel's adventures because it's almost like the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, I would agree. I'm yeah. cool. I'm cool. It's with a fucking joke. That's a unanimous three way. You guys fucked up bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool with settling for that. I I beat the game after like three days and then uninstalled it. Yeah. So I'll settle for that. Congratulations, Square. Yeah, you know it's bad when we all three agree on it. We're all three of us are like, yeah, it's fucking hot ass garbage. I, I came in really thinking about the the PS5 rollout, but then when I was like going through and like like adding my own stuff i was like oh man what yeah, i'm gonna marvel's honest, i would have been, been cool with any of it honestly i i think all i think everything that was nominated were fucking shit shows yeah agreed so i would have been cool with any of it uh all right we're down to our last four these are the big four uh best narrative 
<laughs> the nominees are Hades, Ghost of Tsushima, Miles Morales, and Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Valhalla. Uh, <laughs> all right, I. Mm, I'm going Go to. I'm going to say. I'm going to say. I'm going to take Ghost of Tsushima off the board. Uh, and, and my reason being is not because I don't think it is great, but because I have not 100% completed the story yet. I've gotten yeah, very far, uh, but I don't know how it ends, and maybe the ending really fucks it up. <clears throat> so uh, I'm going to take it off the board. Okay. Uh, that I'm in kind us, of the same boat. That leaves us with Miles Morales, Valhalla, and Hades. Um, Dylan, go ahead and tell me about Valhalla because I don't think it's getting chosen. <laughs> uh, well, no, and I've not completely 100% of the game either. And truly, out of all these, I'm going with Hades. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's going to be my vote as well. I mean, I don't know if... It, uh, we've said so much about Hades. I don't know what else can be said. I mean... Well, I'll say this much because I've beaten the game. Um... Hades has a really great take on uh, Greek mythology in in that, like, it's very, um, uh, it, it kind of, it, it doesn't, it, it kind of relies on you knowing about it, sort of, so to speak, but, like, it gives you context for all the relationships that you've ever heard in your entire life. So like uh like I'm sure that everyone knows that like Hades and and Zeus are brothers uh, or that Zeus and uh Poseidon are brothers but like this game gives context to their relationships that like I had never really thought about before but on top of that the the whole idea of making the game a roguelike and where you're going through you're like you're constantly dying over and over and over again and you're doing that to kind of like not not necessarily to break out of the monotony but like in order to stop doing the same thing over and over again you do the same thing over and over again and like that's a really compelling like idea to me but on top of that you've got all of these really awesome character interactions between like Hades and Zagreus and uh, Zagreus and and all of the the gods from Olympus or fucking Persephone or or even like Megara and uh, Achilles is there. There are little strands of story between uh, Nyx and um, shit chaos or you've got uh, Orpheus and what's what's her name you're uh you're you're this eurydice mm-hmm. and and you you learn all of their their character relationships over the course of the game um i it just there's so much going on in hades that and in all of it i love like uh, there wasn't a single thing in hades that i was like hmm this is kind of, uh, you know, whatever, uh, the way that I was with like, say the last of us too, which is why it didn't make the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Hades is, is fucking phenomenal in 
almost everything it does, including the narrative. Okay. And I mean, I echo that. Um, it's one of the most unique stories and just, nah, it's one of the most unique games I've ever played. The fact <laughs> I just saw Josh type winner. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and it, but I think it's very well warranted. Um, it's the only game where I'm actually excited to, excited to die. And I'm excited to die because as soon as you die, you're getting more of the story between you and whomever you see at that point in time, whether it be Hades or Nyx or, or just anyone, uh, even Hypnos. Like Hypnos kind of recants mm-hmm. what you went through, how you died, and he gives you a little insight to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're also building relationships too. I mean, literally building relationships. Like you can romance in this game. It's a little weird, but it fucking works. And that's why I think uh, Meg is one of the most uh, well done characters of this year. I feel like, and she makes you truly kind of fall in love with her. She was your first boss, but then at the same time, like she's the one that you always have to keep coming back to after you die and you build a relationship that way as well. Not even if you're trying to romance her, it's just like one of those, like, Oh, here we go again. Moments. I mean, you, you build relationships with even the vendor NPC, um, build relationships with him. There's so much to do in this game and it's never the same thing when you die. I think that is something that is unique to this game. Never been done before. Uh, and just every single God or goddess has their own personality and you truly get to learn every single one of them where, whether it's Poseidon or Aphrodite, whoever it is, like you're getting story with them. And just the options that you can eventually go through. Like when you, when you, when I had to choose between two gods for the first time, it scared the shit out of me because I pissed off Artemis and you don't want to do that. She's the huntress of all the gods and she is a fucking beast, but it's not just to say, don't piss off hers. Don't piss off any of them. Like I never knew that. I just thought I was going to choose one God and then that was it. No, she gets mad. All of them get mad. Um, and I think it's just really cool. They did a lot right with the game. So I think Hades is a fantastic, fantastic choice for best narrative. Yeah. Uh, do you want to give a little eulogy for Miles Morales? <laughs> no. Okay. No. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on our next category, uh, best lead character and our nominees are Abby from the last of us part two. Zagreus is from Hades. Miles Morales from Marvel's Spider-Man. Miles Morales. <laughs> and Eivor from Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, I think it's safe to say that we're not going to choose Eivor. So do you want to uh, tell us about Eivor a little bit? I just think he's the most, he or she is the most uh, personable of the, uh, yeah, of the new assassins or of the of that lineage like between um origins odyssey and valhalla i feel like avor is truly the most level-headed you get to kind of experience everything with him i mean i'm trying to find the right word but from the get-go you're experiencing uh, just a colossal loss in his mm-hmm. life 
And then, or her, I'm, I'm going to continue to say he, cause that's who I played as, but not only that, but then you get to kind of find out like he's poet, like he is gifted in the art of flighting. He is uh, like a strategic commander. I mean, he's like a sweet lover at the same time. Like you get so much with Eivor. Um, and like I said, I've yet to finish the game, but everything that I've seen from him thus far truly made me fall in love with him. Um, that said, I think Zagreus from Hades is probably the better choice for me because he is such a sarcastic little shit. Mm-hmm. I fucking love him. Like he's talking down to daddy Hades. Like, I think <laughs> that's pretty cool. Like, I mean, you're thrown into that. You're thrown into the underworld with all these personalities and somehow Zagreus stands out to be the strongest of them all. Um, to me, I mean, he, he is such a per, like a personable character. Like you can truly feel his emotions and his dialogue and you, you're always wanting to see what kind of banter he has next with whomever comes next, whether it's Hades, Meg, you know, whoever it is, um, it's so much fun to listen to him have this banter with people. So Zagreus, if we're not going Avor, would definitely be my next pick. Um, it's again, Hades did so much right. And I think putting you in the shoes of Zagreus was the best option. Cool. Um, so I'm going to say a little bit of something about Zagreus also, uh, but he is actually not my pick. Oh yeah. Who would have guessed with Abby? <laughs> Uh, Zagreus, uh, is everything that you said is, is absolutely correct. I love his personality. Uh, he's just, every time he interacts with anyone, he interacts with everyone kind of differently. And you get to see so many different sides to him that it is, uh, I don't even know like the words I'm trying to say. It, it's just, it's really nice to see a well fleshed out character in a game with like <laughs> what seems like a thousand fleshed out characters. Um, I love like you, like you pointed out, I love how sarcastic he is. Uh, and I, I genuinely love how reverent he is to everyone with, obviously with the exception of Hades up to a certain point. And, uh, he's just a great character. I really, I really like Zacharias. Um, but Abby from the last of us part two, it would be my choice. Uh, I have never, wanted to hate a character as much as I wanted to hate Abby when I first like met her. Um, I've heard a lot of people say that who've played the last of us part two. Yeah. Even, even before like, uh, obviously spoiler alert. I mean, it's not really a spoiler cause everybody fucking knows, but like even before she kills Joel, <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. There there's just this unlikableness about her. And and so then she kills Joel and it's one of those things it's like 
oh okay yeah i definitely fucking hate you like you're like fuck you i don't want anything to do with you and then i started playing as her and boy she is just an incredible incredibly well-developed character like you see all of her her pains and scars based on like what she had gone through in the past in just simple little like eyebrow raises and and shit like that her interactions with other people her like everything about her is is like you can see every let me put it this way everything is written on her face just straight up and the thing is is when you get the flashbacks of her you see a girl who had hopes and dreams and a girl who wanted to do something other than what she became mm-hmm. and watching her devolve into what she becomes when you meet her at the beginning of the game and then watching her evolve from that point back to something that is resembling like a truly like changed person is one of the like I, I I wish the last of us two was just about Abby to be honest with you because like as much as I like Ellie and as much as I like Joel the far more interesting stuff in The Last of Us Part 2 is Abby's journey. And she, her parts of the game are the parts that I remember the most and the parts that I enjoyed the most. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what else to say about her. She, I, I think she's a, a absolutely wonderful character. She's my favorite character in the game. She's my favorite character of the year. Um, do we need to talk about Miles Morales? Uh, no, because I'm going to go with Abby. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, th- the only reason I say do we need to talk about him is because I feel like we've talked about him. We've all just pretty much. Yeah. Um, like uh, into the Spider-Verse and like he is a different character than he is in that movie in the game, obviously. But also like he's fucking Miles Morales. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Wow. Okay. Are you Are you sure you don't want to fight for Miles? No, because I'm I'm going with Abby anyway. Okay. Um. Cool. Well, uh, the only award to go to a Naughty Dog game. <laughs> uh. Cool. We got two categories left. This next category is best old game so this is anything that was released before december 16th of 2019 okay uh our nom or and we had to have played it this year obviously um the nominees are fire emblem three houses final fantasy 8 remastered sd gundam cross rays and dark souls 3 um I'm going to take off Final Fantasy VIII Remastered because I think it's a game that I have a special place in my heart for that game, and I truly enjoy it, but it is not for everyone. Yeah, I would probably say the same about about Gundam because I know 
I know that that's not a, a, a franchise that either of you give a fuck about. So you can you know, we can go ahead and omit that. the The only reason I the only reason I put it there is just because it is probably the game this year that I have had the most fun with. Mm. I absolutely fucking love this game, and if you like if you like if you like like a uh, real time or. Er, turn-based strategy rpgs i said real time earlier and that's fucking wrong um <laughs> if you like turn-based strategy rpgs like the the sd gundam generations games really are in my opinion the perfect example of a of a turn-based strategy rpg mm. i i think they do turn-based strategy better than fire emblem does that's interesting but i still also love fire emblem for the same fucking reason mm-hmm so my vote for this one is going to be three houses. Yeah, I figured, I mean, both of you love that game in particular. Um, I put dark souls three because that's where I've spent a lot of my time this year, whether it be playing it firsthand or watching it on Twitch. Um, it's just a game that I feel like was done to perfection. Um, I think it's the best out of all the souls games. Um, I think, you know, I'm not counting Bloodborne in that, nor am I counting Sekiro, but just out of the three Dark Souls games, I think it is the best one. The I combat. You. Yeah, the combat feels so good. The bosses are so much fun. And there are some callbacks to older Dark Souls games. Um, and the story, if you pay attention, is beautiful and it comes to a close in the best way <clears throat> with the best boss fight possible in terms of the soul of cinder, which is just Gwyn. Um, it's a fantastic game and it's challenging, punishing, but if you stick with it, you play it, you will have a good time. You can become invested into a series that not many people have an appreciation for because it is punishing and it is somber in its own right. Uh, but it's beautiful to me. And that's been my top game this year. Mm. Um, do we want to vote? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm going for three houses. Yeah, I mean, I figured you were both three houses. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess we'll go that way because I had I did not play Dark Souls three this year. Um, but everything that you just said, I 100 percent agree with. I think that Dark Souls three is a magnificent game. And I don't, I don't I genuinely don't like the Souls games. Uh they're just it's not that they're too hard, it's more that I don't have the patience for them. Yeah, I that's kind of where I'm at with them. Like uh I I mean, and I don't want to downplay it. They are hard. They are ve- they are difficult games, but it's more of like a you have to be patient and learn how to play them. Uh and I, 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 I just don't have that patience. <laughs> yeah, um, and I, I, I understand that. I mean, it's, it's a game franchise that's intimidating from the start because you, like you said, you have to learn. Like if you die, you have to know why you died so you do not make mm-hmm. that mistake twice. Yeah, uh, it's actually the reason that I think Bloodborne is my favorite of those games because Bloodborne is a little bit more forgiving and it, I feel like teaches you more more than the souls games do. Like, I feel like the souls games just say, okay, here you go. And then if you fucked up, you fucked up, learn whatever. Whereas I feel like bloodborne 
from what I've played, at least, when you go into something, it's like, oh, here's this mechanic. Oh, here's what you can do with this enemy. Like, each enemy almost kind of informs you for how you will fight a boss later. Uh, Almost. I don't know. Um, Yeah. Um, I I think the new Demon Souls does a great job. I mean, it still throws you into it, but at the same time, it's like you start off gradually and you work up towards Mm -hmm. like that one first initial boss fight, which is... Mm-hmm. Um, big demon. Um, I mean, I think it does a great job at that, but I think Bloodborne is very, very, very hard. And the later stages, like if you've ever seen some of the DLC bosses, you might shit your pants. Oh yeah, I I have never attempted that shit because I don't like fuck, dude. It's fucked up. Some of those boss fights. Um, there are certain bosses you can like cheese and stuff and just get easy strats for them, but for the most part, it's a it's a punishing game in itself. But I I mean I feel like you're right. It gives you the mechanics a little more. Yeah. Uh, I'll just uh, I'll say this about three houses. Um, three houses I actually bought this year. I had not played it previously. The last one that I had played uh, Fire Emblem was was I think it was called Fates. That was with like three different games. Um, three houses. I think is the best Fire Emblem game. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not even sure that it's close. Like I like Awakening a lot, uh, the one on the 3DS, but Three Houses does stuff that Awakening does better. I like. I really think that all of the characters in Fire Emblem Three Houses are excellent. Uh, and, and when I say every, I. I even the ones that like I didn't get to interact with as much because I chose uh, the was it Black Eagle Black Eagles yeah um, e- even uh, God I forget their names uh, I remember exactly what they look like but the the leaders of the other two houses even they mm-hmm. like I with what little bit of time I got to spend with them I, I it just I don't know man. I, I, they're they're great too. Uh, Edelgard is the best by by a mile. But absolutely, um, I just everything about three houses worked for me. Um, it's probably the game I've actually spent the most time with this year. To be honest with you, yeah, because uh, I I played that game fucking nonstop when I bought it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, congratulations to Nintendo and Fire Emblem. Uh, well-deserved award because uh, it had stiff competition for sure with Dark Souls 3. Hell yeah. Um, and then our last quarter category isn't really something that um, we're going to fight about. I think uh, this is just going to be our favorite moments, um, gaming moments in 2020. And I'll start by saying uh, this podcast um, I don't get to talk about video games all that much. Uh, outside of like with uh, Kayla's Dylan and he mostly wants to talk about uh, like shit that I don't play like like I don't play Destiny as much as I used to Um, he wants to talk to me about fucking like Avengers and shit like that and like it's just, he he wants to talk to me about stuff that he enjoys and I don't necessarily enjoy the same stuff so starting this podcast with you guys was something that um 
was awesome. Even if we do have differing taste, I mean, I know that like uh, me and Dylan both enjoyed Hades, but it's something that you'll never play, Austin. And mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, I was not a fan of Assassin's Creed up until. Well, I don't, I don't want to pass judgment just yet, but like I'm playing Assassin's Creed because I trust Dylan's opinion. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, this has just been a, a fun little experiment and um, I'm glad that it started. Uh, I wanted to single out episode six of Hunting Pixels specifically because I feel like it. You almost said Pixels again. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's where we really hit our stride as a group. Uh, I think that I think to this date, it's still the best episode. Um, that one is, by the way, if you're wondering if that one is called toaster bath. <laughs> I love toaster bath. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that that's our best episode still to the state. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I just, uh, wanted to, Shout that out. So, wow, you had to give the wholesome thing here, didn't you? Uh, I tried. <laughs> All right, Austin, tell me whatever the fuck Prowler Revelations is. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I was like half asleep when I typed that. Um, it, I don't really know how to put it into words, honestly. Um, I know it's short and it gets shit on for being as short as it was, whatever. Um, I I've said it a couple times in the podcast. I genuinely regret not putting the first Spider-Man game on my top five of all time. Cause it actually is. It's easily three or four. Honestly. Um, I fucking love that game. I can go back and play that game a million fucking times. I have played that game all the way through three times within the last six months alone. So I was super ecstatic for Miles Morales um, after it was revealed and I finally got my hands on it. Unfortunately, I haven't played it in its full glory yet because Sony has just royally fumbled that. Um, And I'm probably not going to as heartbreaking as a realization as that was for me a couple of days ago. Um, I know I'm not going to get one before the end of the year as bad as I fucking want one. It's just not going to happen. And I'm kind of tired of I'm kind of tired like People, everyone on the internet is like, oh, well, if you didn't get one, it's because you didn't try hard enough. No, fuck you. It's because I don't have two grand to spend on eBay. That's why I don't fucking have one. If I had the extra money, I'm not going to lie. I probably would have already gotten desperate and bought one off eBay from a scalper. But I I don't have that kind of extra money, so I'm not going to fucking do some dumb shit like that. Um, But Miles Morales was a very heartwarming story for me. Um it it was just wholesome it was just wholesome and it was heartfelt the the entire game is is a coming of age tale of of miles trying to at the beginning of the game feel he's really excited about being spider-man he's like oh this is this is fucking cool i'm spider-man i can do all this cool spider-man shit and then about halfway through the game he was like i can't do this like i shouldn't be doing this i'm not peter and i can't do this like he does it and finally, by the end of the game, you have the entire neighborhood of Harlem uh, basically praising his portrayal of Spider-Man and calling him their local neighborhood Spider-Man. And I bawled like a bitch the entire last 20 minutes of Miles Morales. I was fucking sobbing. Um, 
the Chadwick Boseman tribute uh, at the end of the credits definitely didn't fucking help. But by by the time those credits rolled, you could tell that although it was short and definitely not the length of the original game, um, this was my this story was Miles' defining moment for for his portrayal in this specific universe. Like this was his turning point of accepting that he is Spider Man, and he does have this greater responsibility that's bigger than himself. And I just fucking loved it. And as far as the Prowler goes, uh, the Prowler was really the main character in the game trying to pin him down and basically keep telling him he shouldn't do this. He shouldn't be putting his life on the line like this. He's he's going to end up causing his mother more heartbreak because she's going to have to bury him. And seeing Miles step up to the plate and basically just beat the shit out of his fucking uncle um, and telling him, like, if you really feel this way about me, that you're underestimating me because I know I can do this and I don't have a choice but to do this. And it was great. And I loved it. And it was wholesome and sweet. And I enjoyed beating the shit out of Prowler because he was obnoxious. <laughs> so that was my favorite moment of 2020. Awesome. Uh, Dylan. Why don't you go ahead and tell me what your favorite moment of 2020 was? It was, we just talked about it a little bit and Dark Souls 3 was kind of my, kind of my home this year. Like I kept going back to it in one way or another, or just the Souls Born Akiro universe of games. And that really stemmed from me diving back into Twitch, especially when I got a stable internet connection again, and I don't like watching things a lot. We were kind of joking about it before the podcast started. It's like, I can really only watch the office and that's about it. Yeah. But when I started diving back into Twitch, I was just looking for things to fall into a community and I couldn't find one. Um, it seems like all of the streamers I used to watch are dead and gone. And then the big ones now, I mean, you either play Fortnite and Among Us or you're nobody. And that kind of sucked because uh, I don't like either of those games. <laughs> but I was like, fuck it. Let me just go watch some streamers on games that might not be popular right now, but at least I love them. So I chose Dark Souls. Um, Dark Souls 3. And I found this guy who I have mentioned before as one of my pick of the weeks. His name is Dino Singale. He was German. And he is just a really charismatic guy who, when playing the games, I mean, he's looking into the camera and speaking at you, to you at certain points. Like he's sitting there playing Dark Souls, reading the chat, looking into the camera, speaking directly to you. People can't even play Dark Souls looking at the screen with both hands on the controller, focusing on, you know, just the basic, simple enemies that you fight. This man's doing it like it was nothing. And then I started watching more into his channel, and he's a challenge runner. And he's essentially doing no death runs, no hit runs on Dark Souls. He's doing no hit runs on Soul Level 1, meaning he doesn't power up or level up a single time. He's doing no-hit runs on the trilogy, Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3. He did it on Bloodborne. 
he was i i'm so like happy to end the year with him as well because demon souls just came out and it was a race between everyone in the challenge run community but i was there watching and he got world's first demon souls no hit run and it was unreal like the energy there was phenomenal and then he followed it up by doing uh, not only Demon Souls no hit run, he did Demon Souls Soul Level One, and then Demon Souls only Magic no hit run. So he has killed it in that regard. But from there, he kind of had a community already built between some regulars in his chat, and this guy that he kept talking about named the Happy Hob, and I had no idea who that was. So I branched out into Hob's channel, and turns out he's a bigger streamer. Like he's getting forward to like last night i was watching he actually completed jedi fallen order no hit which is the world's first no one's ever done that before um and he had eight thousand viewers at the end of it so that he that's how big of a streamer he is um and he's a funny charismatic english guy like he is he is something else he is full of personality so i was really able to find this community where i feel like i finally belonged like in Dino stream, it's much more personable. Like when we're talking, yeah, like he says, Hey, to all of his regulars and all the new people too. But like, it, it just feels like a community. And I finally feel like I've found my home, even though I don't do challenge runs myself. It's something that I'm happy to be a part of from the outside and watch the people do it. And it really shaped my shitty 2020 year into what it is now. Yeah. I think I'm, ending the year much better than I started. And it's because of those guys. Oh yeah. Awesome. Beautiful. Awesome. Awesome. Well, with that said, uh, let's go ahead and throw out, um, our picks of the week real quick and, uh, get out of here. Really Ooh. curious about yours. Oh, mine. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I've never heard that before. So I'll go ahead. And I'll, I'll throw mine out. It's uh, probably so. I know you guys. Is know this that an I indie like artist? <laughs> I I know that you guys know that I like '80s music and I like obscure '80s music. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is probably one that yeah, you guys have never heard of. It's a little little album called Thriller by an artist known as Michael Jackson. Oh. Um, yeah, not not very well known at all. No, I'm not familiar. Yeah, there's not a documentary about him on HBO Max. <laughs> uh, yeah, Thriller is one of my favorite albums of uh, fucking all time, let alone mm-hmm. the 80s. Uh, each song on there, with the exception of the very last song, is incredibly catchy and just, just fucking easy, easily listened to if that's i'm not sure i could phrase it any better (laughs) yeah you did all right Um, yeah it's fucking phenomenal it's seriously one of the 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 best albums of all time uh made michael jackson the king of pop uh yeah i mean it's great stuff man um pretty cool my pick of the week my pick's a lot lamer than that but Gundam Whatever. boobies. Yeah. Uh, boobies. Um, <laughs> no, I've, I've been rewatching uh, Gundam 00 recently. Um, I don't quite know why, because it's a story I'm going to have to play through in this Gundam game with probably in two months. 
whenever I fucking finally get to it. Um, but Gundam 00 is really cool. It's uh, kind of essentially, it's it's like what Gundam Wing was trying to do, but better. Um, the whole story centers around a group of Gundam pilots who are basically a part of an organization that has been kind of hiding in the background for 200 years, and they finally decided to make themselves known in public. And their whole purpose is the eradication of war through the use of armed force. Pretty much when two countries are fighting in a war with each other, they show up and kill everyone on both sides and leave. And that's pretty much the whole plot of season one. Season two has a little more uh, fuckery going on there than more than just that. But that was pretty much a synopsis of season one. Um, it has the it has a, a fan title of Gundam Double D because for some reason – when they made that show, they were like, let's just give every chick in the show the most humanly impossible figures that we possibly can. And that's exactly what they did. And you either love it or you fucking hate it for it. There's no in between. Um, but it is easily one of the better Gundam series. Because, like, I'm going to be honest. The only reason why I like Gundam Wing is nostalgia. It's not a good show. The plot is all fucking over the place. The voice, the English dub is fucking atrocious. Um, a lot of English dubs from the 90s were pretty fucking bad, but Gundam Wing is honestly one of the fucking worst that I've ever watched. Um, I only like it for nostalgia. And I can kind of say that about most Gundam series that have come after the year 2000. I only really like them because of nostalgia of what they are. It's not because they're generally, generally that good. Like Seed is okay. It's not great. I don't fucking love it, but it's okay. See, Destiny was worse, but still not terrible. Um, but Double O is one of the few. Double O and Iron Blooded Orphans are the two that really stand out as being just absolutely phenomenal. And I love Double O, and I think it's great. And I think everybody who likes Beck anime should at least give it a shot. It's actually the only Gundam series that I have gotten Madison to watch. The only one. She watched it all the way through, and we actually watched the movie today, the earlier this morning. So, yeah, Madison's really dumb fucking picky about anime. So finally got her to watch that. And at the end of it, she was like, I, it was OK. She didn't hate it, but she didn't love it. Now, I was kind of hurt a little bit, but it's a start. I'm going to try to get her to watch Iron Blooded Orphans next, but I feel like that's going to be that's going to be a full on brawl. So we'll see. But yeah, if you like anime or mech anime, check it out. It's really cool. It's on Hulu. Cool. Uh, Dylan, your pick of the week. Hi. Hello. It's good me. morning. Good it's after. Why do you Dylan. listen? Every time you pop into my channel, you always say good morning and then fucking leave. And I think you're a bot every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my thing, man. I just, okay. every time I talk yeah. to somebody after 12 o'clock, I say good morning. It's just my thing. All right. Well, it pisses a lot of people of which, off. But. Well, it doesn't piss me off. It just confuses me. <laughs> I live in that state. Uh, my pick of the week is another Twitch streamer. This time it's not a challenge runner, but his name is Man vs. Game. Mm, and okay. I have followed this man for over five years now. Um, this is someone who has established themselves on Twitch and is just a fantastic personality. Uh, so he is essentially the name of 
his channel is man versus game. That's exactly what it is. He allows no backseat gaming. He allows no tips, no tricks, no secrets, no spoilers, no nothing. And it's one man's challenge versus the game. Um, it can be, he's very good at the souls games. He is good at games like cuphead and like Spelunky, any kind of hard game you can imagine. He played yeah. monster hunter world. I just saw him recently playing that. Um, he's just great. And he, his channel is very high caught, like high quality. He has a lot of just great stuff going on. Like if you follow subscribe, whatever, and like even it's just, that's his brand. Now he has merchandise. He's been doing this for a long time. He's uh Josh. He likes a lot of the same music that you like. And also a lot of the same music that Austin likes. Um, he's just really cool guy. And he's always something new i think right now he's been playing cyberpunk recently but i mean you can find him on game from i mean like cyberpunk that just released monster hunter world spelunky 2 like he has no medium he plays them all so very good channel i say i suggest checking it out oh yeah awesome all right well that does it for the first of uh our end of the year game of the year episodes. Um, we'll be back next week with even more fun things. Uh, lots more arguing. I guarantee it. Probably. Yes. <laughs> uh, with that said, uh, as always, you can find us on social media for all things, culture, Bop hunting pixels and the culture, Bop family of content. Uh, Hunting Pixels is on Twitter at Pixels Hunting and on Instagram at uh, uh, Hunting underscore Pixels CB. You can follow me on Twitter at the Bebopman182 and on Instagram at Bebopman182. Uh, Dylan is on Twitter at OMDizzy and also on Instagram at OMDizzy. Uh, Austin, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Austin is on Twitter at Big Papa Plays and on Instagram at Big Papa Stevens underscore. Uh, you can follow both of those guys on Twitch as well uh, at OMDZ TV. No. Okay. I do that every time. <laughs> uh, and Austin, you're just Big Papa Plays. Yep. Uh, I'm actually going to get a schedule down. Um, I'm, I'm making changes to how I do things. Uh, so I'm going to have a schedule down for everything and you can follow me over there. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm, uh, at the bebop man. Um, I'll, I'll put that in the show notes later. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not streaming currently on a regular basis, but I'll have a schedule up soon. Uh, cool. Well, yeah, like I said, that's it. Uh, we will be back next week. So until then, Goodbye.